Welcome to Cleveland's newest and Cleveland's best sports podcast. This is Two Guys in a Mic with your hosts Ron Pierce and Sean Davis. Let's go. There's an important message waiting for you at the Truth About Child Loss podcast. It's a message of heartache and pain, but also of strength, faith, resilience, perseverance. The Truth About Child Loss by the Christian Jaden Project, available now on Spotify. Are you looking to make a lifestyle change for your health and wellness? Try personal training through Renegade Soul. Follow Renegade Soul 216 on Instagram and Facebook. Go to the website www.renegadesoul216.com. Sign up today for your first personal training session. You're worth it. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to uh, our midweek edition of our podcast. This is our midweek show. As I said, I'm one of your hosts, Ron Pierce, better known as RP. And I'm your other host, Big Sean. What's going on, Sean? Nothing much, man. Um, same old, same old. You know, just a little... A little tired today, but I'm ready to go ahead and get this show on the road and push through. That's all right. I'm wrong with being a little tired. I'm a little, a little bit tired too, but uh, I've been kind of busy here over the last couple of days with a little bit of time off from the show. It feels like we've been off for about two, three months. Yeah, it does. But we've only missed, we missed the Sunday show. We didn't record on Sunday. Uh, But, uh, you know, I got leaves in the yard that I had to get to and, uh, you know, plants that I had over, you know, vegetable plants that I had uh, to uh, take care of to get ready for the winter and all that kind of stuff. So I'm trying to take advantage of the nice weather. It's been super nice. So yeah, I'm a little bit fatigued too. Uh, Yeah, my day started off crazy. Uh, On my way to work today, um, I got to 131st and Union. You know, they're doing a bunch of construction over there, right? Uh-huh. So I'm pulling, getting to the light on Union, and one of the construction workers comes out, puts her hands out, slow up. I guess they're moving some, you know, trucks around or whatever, right? So then she just starts freaking out, like, "Oh my God, I can't believe what's going on! I gotta get out of here." So I asked her, like, "What's going on?" And she was like, um, "Cops got their guns drawn, and somebody just shot at them." And then the cop- at them. yes, or so I look at the distance. Work? Right, so I look in the distance and I see like around 133rd, cops got their guns out and I hear a pop and that's the last thing I heard. I didn't waste no time. I turned 131st as raggedy as it is and I pivot off. Like, I didn't wait to see what happened or who was in the way. And as I was going up 131st, it was two cops, two cop cars coming like the, coming the other way, had to be doing about 90, 95. And they didn't even bother to turn their lights on, their sirens on. They just went. But I didn't see anything on the news today about what happened. So I'm assuming nobody, you know, got shot or anything like that, man. But yeah, that would be the guess that nobody got uh, killed or anything like that uh, or injured, which is a good thing, uh, right? You know, but those are the those are the uh, the things that happen in the city of Cleveland. <laughs> recently, man. Like it's, you know, Cleveland is, is uh 
it'd be a little wild when it want to, man. Especially yeah, depending on where you at. It'd be a little wild. It's a lot of it's a lot of silly stuff going on. Unnecessary. Like, I've, I've even noticed, like, I don't know if everybody is just on edge from everything that was going on politically with the virus or what. Could be. But I even noticed people driving crazy. You know, I still Uber a little bit here and there. And I'm seeing people just blatantly run red lights. <laughs> I'm seeing people making all the way in the right lane, light turns green. They're, they're crossing like three lanes to make a left. Like, man, what is you I'm doing? I'm seeing man? just all types of crazy, you know, stuff going on out here. So Yeah, that's crazy. I don't know. Well, I'm glad you got some of that off your chest because <laughs> that's what we do this show for. We do this show to kind of serve as some level of a distraction, at least from the everyday stuff when we get on to some sports stuff. But, you know, even in our sports stuff, we end up a little bit irritated, <laughs> a little bit <laughs> right. frustrated. And, you know, but that's all right because it's, it's, it's sports. You know what I mean? It's all sports. So right. let's. Uh, oh, and before we get totally, totally started, I got to say to my uh, to all my veterans, uh, whoever served, wherever you served, whatever you did, man, we appreciate you guys. Happy Veterans Day, et cetera, et cetera. Most so you definitely a happy my... Veterans Day to you. Um, Thank you, sir. You guys appreciate don't know, um, RP did serve in the Air Force. How long were you in the uh, I, I did four years, four years okay. in active duty Air Force, and then I did another five years in the reserves. Okay. Yeah, so, so to up. everyone that served, I have several family members that served, um, so... You know, um, it's not easy what you guys do. Um, you know, no. so we definitely appreciate everything. So happy Veterans Day to everybody. And hope you, hopefully you guys got out there and enjoyed some of the free meals today. That I did not. Places not offer, me. You know? I, you know what? I never have. I've never gone. Okay. Cause, I mean, I don't really eat out a lot like that. Like, I'm not a big Applebee's person. I'm not a big uh, Denny's you person. Should, you, know? you shouldn't be. Nobody should. <laughs> like I heard, right. Applebee's are closing down several locations. They didn't disappoint me at all. They can go ahead and shut them all down for all. Not even look, not even a little bit. Not upset right. at all. I don't even. I don't. I don't go to Applebee's at all. But uh, again, thanks uh, for everybody. Anybody who wished me a happy Veterans Day, thank you. I appreciate the love. And uh, let's let's move on to. Uh, our first topic, which on Wednesdays, right. on Wednesdays is generally our Cleveland Browns. Uh, last week, of course, our five and three Browns were on the bye. I think the bye came at a great time. We had that discussion. Uh, yes, it did. Uh, perfect timing for the bye. Perfect, perfect freaking timing for everybody on the team, I think. Especially since we had a, a our first COVID scare. Yeah. So, uh, uh, Looks like everybody tested negative player wise. They didn't say I think, which. Yeah, player. I think it was a staff member or something. Yeah. Uh, that actually had the symptoms. Right. Uh, it came in close contact with some of the guys on the team. Uh, one of the bigger names, of course, was Baker. So he was on, uh, you know, on the COVID list. They kind of had to quarantine him for a little bit, make sure his test came back negative, and he got activated today. So. Uh, so he's back up and running. But um, again, I, I think that the buy came at a perfect time for everything. Like we had some expectations 
coming out of the bye as we were getting into the bye. One of those things, of course, was if Nick Chubb was going to be back immediately after the bye um, or shortly after. We still haven't, you know, we don't know yet. We'll find out more Friday on that. But he is at least activated to practice, so that's a good thing. Um, yeah, I think Stefanski said that he's ready to go. Um, he, he said, did, that but he didn't make anything official either. Okay. He didn't say anything official. Well, I already slotted him in my fantasy league to go ahead and go. So I mean, I, I would have too. I would have too. Sure. Even though I am what I'm two and seven, I think in my fantasy league, thanks to Corey Davis not scoring any points um, last <laughs> yeah. Sunday, but that's another story. I lost by one point five points. Thank you very much, Corey Davis. Not one stinking point. Not one stinking point. Homie. All he needed was one catch. One stinking point, my dude. Like like one reception, and I would have won. But that's a conversation for another day. Yeah, that's the well, the stresses of uh, a fantasy all, football man. That's not supposed to be fantasy stressful football as you want. But uh, so with the way the team is is set up right now, coming out of the bye, we had a pretty disappointing loss to uh, the Raiders and not just a disappointing loss, but a disappointing, a disappointing outing from the Browns. They didn't look, they kind of looked listless at points in the game. Um, wasn't hundred percent sure if that was the play call and wasn't hundred percent sure if that was the execution of the play calling. Wasn't hundred percent sure if it was because of where we were in the game, even, uh, you know, situation. It could have been the weather too. Um, looks like we didn't want to be out there. Uh, and that's what I'm saying. I'm saying we, but you know what I mean. Like it's like yeah, the Browns yeah. didn't want to be. Um, and that's what it, it looks like. like. It really bothered them. Well, at least some and of it, them. And I think it did. Uh, like I saw a clip of uh, of uh, Hunt on the sideline. I guess he was right. mic'd up. And you know the whole game. He like, man, it's crazy. The dude from Willoughby, man. You you seen this kind of weather being from the Cleveland area? If you uh, know actually what going out east, he probably seen a little bit worse, and he's played in it before. So, and right. Kansas City gets pretty nasty it's weather cold. too. Right. You so, know what? Um, one of the radio hosts made a good point, and this kind of has been on my mind probably the last ten years, especially like in this modern era of football, where people always assume, okay, you, this team plays in Cleveland, Vegas, you know, coming from the desert we should automatically have the advantage. And he made a point saying that now when you have so much player movement, um, especially with a young team, like if you look at the Browns, the way that we're constructed, we have a lot of players from the South that were born and raised in the South. Haven't been here that long, you know? And yeah, so we're a cold weather team, but they haven't been, Groom for that yet. So they're still getting acclimated to the weather as well. And just because a team from coming from Vegas, those guys, you know, I'm not sure what the makeup of their team is as far as where they where they're from geographically as individuals. But I think nowadays it's a little different how it was back in the day. You remember back in the day when the Dolphins went to Buffalo, you know, that was an automatic loss. You know, or even I remember if you went down to play in Miami late in the season with the heat, they would always say the heat will affect like you. You get so tired because yeah, of the right. They, they would get tired of going out to Denver with the with the uh, 
with the altitude, altitude. That, that don't change that's still right. the same. <laughs> right. that's that's something that's an effect that will affect you anyway but yeah right but yeah. i think but i think nowadays that whole you know look at brett Favre. brett Favre was uh born and raised in mississippi and he was one of the best cold weather quarterbacks hell look at no in, in, in history so i think it's just a matter of players like mentally and maybe if this team sticks together as a unit, get more acclimated to that type of weather, maybe they will build an advantage. You know, I mean, look at the future. Look at Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is from Southern California. Oh, California boy. Tom Brady. Yeah. California. Tom Brady, California boy. So it's yeah. not it's not necessarily the weather. Like, listen, I'm born and raised in Cleveland. I used to live in Alaska. Guess what? I hate the damn cold. I can't <laughs> I can't stand it. So it's it's about your makeup though. Like what type of, of player are you? Now, I don't necessarily think that what happened on Sunday, I knew the, I think the weather affected everything. It, it didn't just affect it did. uh, uh, the Browns players. It affected the, the Raiders players in certain uh, areas and certain aspects too. So it's not always how it affects the one team because you're right, it does. That ball slippery on both sides or that wind is blowing mm -hmm. no matter who, uh, is on offense or who was on defense. You know, that stuff isn't gonna gonna change. You, you though, the individual, uh, the team, you have to prepare yourself and that's a mental thing. You have to be mentally right. tough enough to get into those games and to, to perform whether, it, because hell, we have an open air stadium in Cleveland, Ohio. There's two things that people know about Cleveland if they've never been here before. Uh, they've heard LeBron used to play here and the weather's off. Those are the two things that, especially in this day and age where there's not a lot of talk about Cleveland. Oh, we're on the first 48 often. Those right. are like the only right. things that people just know off the top of their heads. Uh, you know, and I, to be honest, I've gotten so many passes because I'm from Cleveland. So people are almost automatically, you know, in all my travels, in my life, people are like, yeah, okay, I ain't messing with that guy because he's from Cleveland. Like, we get this, you know, I don't know what I'm going to get out of this guy. <laughs> right. Hands-off type thing, and I might not even be that way, uh, but that's just how people deal with us. So imagine being a kid from a California, uh, or from a Miami, you know, uh, where it's always warm. I ain't really looking forward to that cold weather. So you already mentally are defeating yourself. If you're from Cali, whether it's the weather or I'm used to being able to go out anywhere, wherever, however, and it's not like that in Cleveland. So now you checking out because that's not what's happening around you socially. It's a mental thing. And I think that's right. I'm harping on it, but I think it's something that won't be a problem as we move forward. Because again, I'm starting to see some of the, uh, the cultural things inside of that building slowly, incrementally change. I'm hearing different stuff coming out of that building. I'm I'm not hearing certain stuff <laughs> coming out of that building. And you know, and we talked about this in our last show as well. You know how different, how many times rather we've heard different things from different people on the same day coming out of that building. Right. You know, from whether it was the head coach, whether it was the owner, whether it was the general manager or the president or whatever, 
whether it was an offensive lineman. <laughs> you heard. Well, speaking of the owner, we haven't even heard from Haslam at and all. And that's a beautiful year. thing. That's a beautiful thing. When you can sit down as the owner and be quiet because things are, you know, happening well. And, and, and that's in general because you got some owners like Jerry Jones or like a Robert Kraft who are going to talk a little bit more whether they want to or not. People are kind of into them and want to talk to them. But with a guy like uh, our owner, you know, he's been in enough uh, BS, you know, with his own company, with, with, with uh, Pilot J. He probably doesn't need a lot of cameras in his face. Yeah, exactly. I to think he wants him. to be in the background. I think when he first bought the team, he wanted to be all hands-on and all yeah. in. He yeah. realized that that's not the way, it, you know, it should, it, it needs to go at least for him. And that being in the background works out a lot better because now you haven't heard anything about the pilot flying JMS. I believe it's still like some stuff going on with that. It's still some stuff, but again, we you know, but you haven't heard, you know, his name like involved in right. anything. I mean, when you're in litigations or potential litigations like that, um, no matter how big or small, you know, the, the quieter you are, the better. Exactly. You know, you don't want to be, you know, doing doing interviews every other day or, you know, because as soon as you get into that interview, you don't know when you're going to get blindsided. Yeah, they just talking about, oh, yeah, you know, uh, Baker Mayfield stinks again, and that was your first pick. How do you feel about that? And you're like, oh, yeah, well, I love Baker, and we're going to support Baker. Yeah, uh, talk about that flying J stuff, dog. Right, you know what exactly. I mean? Like, it, it's like a you know that those questions are coming. So, so it's better for them to be able to, for him, rather, uh, and his wife, to be able to just stand back um, and 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 let these football people. And I think he's tried to do it before, but his nature is to get involved. Yeah, he tried to do it last year, but then it got so out of hand. He tried to. You know, I think he, he had tried to come to do it with uh, Holmgren too. I think. I think that's what yeah, he, he did. Trying. Right, and then Holmgren came in and pretty much took a vacation. Man, paid vacation while I was here. That was that may have been out of all the regimes. Um, that regime and then with Hugh were probably the most disappointing. But what we when Hogram came in, man, we thought Hogram coming in was going to bring a level of respectability. I had a lot of franchise, and that dude, man, was man, he came and just collected a paycheck. You hadn't heard from him since, too. Once he left here, you haven't heard from him at all. 50 million dollars. It was a disgrace, though. It was a disgrace, and everybody knew it was a disgrace. Uh, other teams could see that it was a disgrace. Other executives. So the dude came in here and collected like $50, $60 million, man. And boom. Didn't do nothing but ride yeah. around on a damn uh, golf cart. But but that was the thing. You know, Cleveland had that reputation. Um, you know, Gerard Cherry on the radio always says that Cleveland was a spot that um, a lot of aging veterans or people in general, executives will come where they could get, get the paycheck and not be held accountable anything yeah. you know home yeah. had you know especially if you're an executive or head coach or gm you get a guaranteed deal so you can come in get fired after a year or two and, and you're still gonna get paid yeah, the, still uh, the terms of your contract you still straight i mean think about it everything is in such disarray how the hell are you gonna know that i'm the one that messed that up like <laughs> right <laughs> you know what i mean like no, I, I, I drafted the right guy. Maybe we need to fire the head coach because 
he's not motivating the guys right. Yeah. Or he's not developing the guys. So who's the scout? Who, I didn't want that guy to begin with. You know what I mean? Like it's always infighting and we haven't heard any of that stuff. So at least so far, man. At least so and, and far. And listen, you know, we're talking but, about week 10. And we know how every, and a part of that yeah. is also absorbed by by winning. Yeah. Winning that's true. Also helps to kind of uh quote any any extracurricular nonsense that's going on. But I think too, even though we don't have a lot of veterans the, or the right kind of veterans on defense, we got some pretty good leadership veterans on offense, you know, guys like uh Landry, OBJ, who are, you know, JC Treader. You see you're seeing guys, uh Conklin, who have been in the league for a while and they're like, hey, they're adding not just stability in their positions, but I think they're adding stability right. in a locker room. Even the case Keenum, that's a stability because I've, I've been here, I've done this, I've started, I've not started, I've sucked, I've been actually pretty good. He's right. more level-headed. He might not be great on the field per se, but he's more level-headed in his approach yeah. to the game. And one thing I noticed too is like if the Browns get behind or – they make a mistake, some mental error, turn the ball over. I'm not seeing panic that I've used that I've seen in the past. No, nope. even if we don't pull the game out, um, the only time I really saw us panic uh, that Pittsburgh game when we got behind by a lot, you can start to see you know things dismantle. But I still didn't see like Stefanski like freak out the players kind of you know but I mean, but that happens from time to time and then we bounce back from it like yeah. every big loss we've had so far this season we bounce back but well um, i mean so we have the um houston texans coming in town i believe houston two and is two and six two and six two and six um and so you know with records notwithstanding you would think that this would be an easy game, an easier game, but this is a trap game, and this game concerns me. Um, the main reason why it concerns me is that Houston has played a lot of, they've had a hard schedule, and they've played most of those teams tough. they play played Houston tough, they play played Pittsburgh tough. Um, did they play Baltimore too? Yeah, they played Baltimore. You, the you meant the Chiefs, I think. You said yeah, they play the Chiefs tough. I think you meant yeah, the yeah, they play the Chiefs tough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chiefs yeah. tough. They play Pittsburgh tough, and uh, Baltimore as well. I don't know if they played Baltimore yet, but I, they may have. I think they did. Um, pull up their schedule. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't look at their record in terms of who they played. I just looked at or was paying attention to how you know. Uh, Matter of fact, I think their, their first record. three games was KC, Pittsburgh, and Baltimore. Which I don't know who. Uh, hates Houston, right. but it's apparent somebody hates you because that is a gauntlet right there, coming out the gates, especially That's in this tough, kind of uh, this kind of uh, yeah. of an atmosphere, right? You know, uh, with with the COVID, you kind of had a no no uh, training camp. They came out, and they looked pretty good. I wouldn't have expected them to be two and six right now, to be all the way honest. But uh, you know, Bill yeah. O'Brien kind of screwed them guys a little bit. And I guess they had had enough of his crap. But uh, and of course so, my uh, my phone wants to go slow. 
No, that's all right. So I gave my crack staff the day off today. And it's so these guys back. are you got it? Yeah, hold on one second. All right. Yeah, they played the Chiefs first, um, lost 34 to 20. Then they played the Ravens, lost 33 to 16. And then they lost to the Steelers 31 and 28. Then they had to play the Vikings right after that. And then they beat Jacksonville. And they came right back and had to play the Titans and Green Bay. Yeah, so so their 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 schedule has been um pretty much ridiculous. Uh, One of the hardest schedules that I've ever seen. That's also first, uh, been, eight games of the uh, season. That's also been with uh the turmoil of losing a coach mid-season. So right. they got a lot of stuff going on in that building. They just today uh fired a, a staffer that all the players really, really like or an executive and the Officers that they really, that. really like. So, yeah, so it's it's a lot of stuff going on behind, kind of behind uh, the scenes and stuff. Uh, so it looks like, honestly, it looks a lot like what generally happens here mm -hmm. uh, in Cleveland. So, you know, those guys got a lot of distractions going on. But uh, that notwithstanding, they are still a football team that gets paid. Um, I think they have talent. Uh, across the board, I don't think they're as talented as they've been in the last few years. No, especially without DeAndre uh, Hopkins. Uh, I mean, yeah, taking um, taking no, D Hop yeah. off the taking D Hop off the off the field changes a lot of dynamics. But uh, on paper, they still have enough talent to maybe not be two and six right now. They could, in a in, with their talent, let's say in a perfect world, they should be no less than four and, and, and two. Or excuse me, four and four rather, in a perfect setting, because they did play some tough teams. So I can't say, oh yeah, they you know everything being equal, they wouldn't beat the Chiefs, or everything being equal, they wouldn't right. beat you know uh, the Ravens or whatever like that. But if the Browns had that same schedule, we'd probably be like three and five right now. Yeah, we'd be three and five instead of uh, five and three for sure. But um. So as I was looking at the uh, at, at the Texans, rather, um, their defense is ranked 13 in the in the league, which is, okay. you know, decent. They're a decent defense, not a great, but not really. They're, they're actually pretty good, uh, being 13th. However, they give up the most points. Well, not the most points. But they give up a lot of points. Uh, they've given up 385 points. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah. So. They can be scored on. Um, J.J. Watt only has like four sacks. Now, we all know that J.J. Watt is capable of getting four sacks on Sunday. So him not having four sacks doesn't mean he ain't playing. He's J.J. Watt. So he sees what we're starting to see. Miles Garrett get the 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 three. Right. Triple uh, and quadruple you know, team. Double team and the chip. You know, all that kind right. of stuff is happening wherever he lines up. J.J. Watt always gets that. And uh, I know he's had a lot of injuries and stuff like that, but you still got to respect that guy. So um, they have guys that you have to be concerned with. Also, this is just an interesting point. I didn't even think about this until I started doing a little bit of research, uh, looking into both teams. Uh, Sunday will be the return to Cleveland Stadium for Romeo Cornell and Duke Johnson. Okay. 
I don't know if Duke is going to play, though, because uh, he was out last week with a concussion. So they okay. said he didn't practice. He didn't practice today. So well, we don't know if he's going to actually. That's not a shot because he had concussions every other week when he was here. He did. He, he did. Either, so, either a concussion or a hamstring injury. So, you know, but when he's healthy, I, listen, I always like Duke. I like Duke Johnson. Yeah, was a, uh, was a that was kind of following to take a shot at Duke. Duke. Duke always was professional. He played hard. As a matter of fact, we probably underutilized him. I think uh, so. I mean, we do that a lot. So We do that a lot, underutilized guys. But, you know, to for him, leaving here was easier, easier. When you bring in Hunt, it makes you feel like, hey, man, ain't no way. You're going to use, I'm already behind Tug. Ain't no way that dude going to be behind me too. Not after a while, he's not. Right. I mean, it was good to have all three of them at a certain point. Because remember when Tub got hurt and, you know, uh, we was running Duke for a minute. And Duke was running really well. And then Tub came back. And Tub just went berserk when he came back. Yeah, sure did. And basically made it, you know, kind of obsolete to even have Duke on the squad. But uh, or made him expendable, should I say? I wouldn't say right. made him obsolete, but made him expendable. Like they were like, ah, we can get something for that. It'll all work out for us. So, um, watching this team, watching these guys come in, them being two and six, them still having some talent, them still being a formidable on paper team. I agree one thousand percent. You stole, I mean, you must have been looking at my notes or whatever. I agree that this is another one of those classic uh, trap games because we can start feeling good about ourselves at five and three and then end up, uh, you know, overshooting this game, looking forward to other games and and, uh, and losing. So we have to be totally ready. I, again, I think this is a good thing for us to be coming out of the bye. I heard Stefanski talking about possibly doing different things with Baker, doing things that are a little more in his wheelhouse, which probably means more rollouts, which probably means more uh, out of the shotgun. But we'll see how that all plays out, too. Um, right. Stefanski ain't a wild guy. He don't do a whole bunch of wild stuff. And if he does, he's going to do wild stuff here and there, and then he's going to pull it back and do, you know, very regimented, uh, very regimented things. You know, I'm interested to see how he's going to, uh, do his play calling with uh, with Chubb coming back. Like, if you want to do some different things with Baker, how's that going to change how you actually are calling plays right now with Chubb, you know, right. being back? Um, so I'm interested to see that uh, going forward into this game. Um, All right. So, so what are your keys? Yeah, we did. That was just about to, you know, go into that. Also, um, I just look at the line. The spread is only um, three. Um, really? And basically, I guess Trap. what that means is that Vegas thinks that Houston has a shot. Because that's pretty much like if you were a home team yeah. and you were a three-point favorite, that's pretty much status quo. Yeah, that's nothing. They feel that that is about even. So they're a little bit down on the Browns, me too. So, all right, like Keys, um, Pretty much simple, man. Like my keys, like are pretty much the same every week. Um, I want to see, you know, Baker progress as well. See that um, now that we have Chubb back, 
Um, I want us to reestablish that dominance that we had the first part of the season. And I think that'll be a big part of that. And um, I want to see the defense start to take advantage of opportunities again. Um, you know, we did a really great job of, of, of uh, forcing turnovers early. And it seems like every game, we still get about two or three opportunities. In the last couple of games, we haven't taken advantage of those. Right. So I want to see the defense, as bad as our defense is, in order for us to win ball games, I think right now the defense has to create at least one or two turnovers a game to uh, change the tide and slow down the momentum of the offense. So that's pretty much it, man. Like as far as um, like Houston, like who to watch out for, you know, Deshaun Watson is a professional. Um, you know, he's prideful. So I know he's going to come bring it strong no matter what. Um, Houston has a little speed. They got a little um, uh, Fuller. Mm-hmm. Will Fuller, yep. Uh, who else do they have on their dad? Do they have Brandon Cooks? Brandon Cooks play. I don't oh, they said they got fails, too. Do they? Well, let me but, see. Uh, offensively, really, just, just, you know, their team as a whole, they don't scare me a lot. They do have Brandon Cook. So they got they got speed. Um, you know, what they do, they don't scare me. But you still can't, like I said before, and what we said is that you can't take them lightly. Yeah, you can't just overlook them. And I want to see the Browns just jump on them early. Don't let them. I don't want to have a, a close game going into the fourth quarter, if possible. You know what I'm saying? I want to get like a, a lead and kind of let's see if we can dominate a game from you know, beginning to end for once. I don't think we've done that yet. Um, yeah. No, we haven't. Now, if you think about it, we have not just completely dominated the game from beginning to end. So that's one thing that I would like to see because, you know, despite the talent that Houston has, you know, you have all that turmoil going on. Eventually, that's going to, you know, creep into the locker room. And you want to go ahead and punch a team like that hard in the mouth early, kind of mess up their psyche a little mm -hmm. bit. And uh, get them, get them thinking sideways. Those are, you know, the things I'm looking forward to uh, that's Sunday. And so, what about you? What are your keys to well, victory? Um, well, my first key again, you know me, man. It's, it's pretty simple. I'm generally about the same all the time, too. Um, the run game definitely is a concern for me because um, we haven't, since Chubb has been out, we haven't run the ball the way we want to run the ball or the way we were running the ball, the way we would like to see us run the ball. So it'll be interesting to see if uh, Teller can make it back this week. Also having um, the potential of Chubb being back this week. Uh, and if so, I want to, you know, how you going to run this guy? You're going you gonna to run him in the ground just because he's back? Or are you going to take your time with him and, you know, piece him in part of I'm not 100% sure, but I'm just looking for some level of improvement from the run game that will slow uh, their defense down a little bit. And having Chubb on the field, you know, losing OBJ, but having Chubb on the field still might loosen up what they do in the uh, from from the pass uh, passing angle. Because now, if if Chubb is running hard enough, those guys got to start to fill in that box and, and, and account 
for what Chubb could potentially be doing to them. So I'm interested to see how the how the run game is going to play out. Um, I also want to see how healthy and how effective Miles Garrett is after having a week off. Uh, see how that ankle has progressed. To see how that knee has progressed. To see if he can be uh, a disruptive force or the disruptive force that we've seen him as and that we know that he can be. Um, I don't know that he's had big games when he's played against guys like him or not against them, but when, when a guy like a JJ Watt is in the building, right. Do you, do you have a four or a three, uh, uh, sack game and a strip or two strip shacks or force fuck? You know what I mean? Like, do you have that same right. kind of, of uh, a game or the potential of that type of game when that guy it's in the building, but I know he's been a little dinged up. So let's, you know, I'm hoping to see that he's uh, the Miles Garrett that we saw uh, going all the way up to uh, week eight, you know, before he kind of just wasn't, he was almost null and void the other night. Um, and then, of course, how we decide to contain Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson has generally had really good games against the Browns. Um, I don't know if you know this, but our defense stinks and our defensive, uh, our coverage <laughs> side of the ball is, is even worse than some of the, you know, some of the schemes that we're running, the, the, the coverage is just bad. So what are we going to be able to do to slow this guy down or keep him contained in the pocket? Also, like you said, it would be nice to see us take advantage of a couple things here and there, a couple turnovers, if possible. I mean, this defense, over the last, say, three weeks or so, they have had opportunities to make those turnovers. The problem is this defense didn't just get bad. This defense has been bad. The difference is this bad defense was making mm -hmm. those plays, just like you said. This bad defense was making those plays. They were uh, making those interceptions or causing those fumbles and getting to the fumbles. So it'll be interesting to see what we can do to slow Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson almost always looks human until he plays us, I feel like. And then he plays us and, and yeah, throws for like 400 yards in the first half, you know, type of, type of thing. So um, right. I'm hoping that we will be able to uh, figure that out out and, and, and contain that guy. Also, the last part was the supposed new wrinkles in our offense that I've kind of heard Stefanski kind of tip his cap towards. I'll tell you what, I don't know if there'll be any new plays or whatever, but if you're going to do new plays, I think these teams are the teams to kind of try them against. When these teams aren't necessarily right. the great team. They, this ain't the Steelers. This ain't, uh, uh, you know, the Ravens. Because we really only have three teams on our, on our, uh, the rest of our record that are just way better than everybody else. So you got the Titans, the Ravens, and the, and the Steelers. So when you play a team like the Jaguars in a, in a week or two, uh, when you play a team like the Texans, you have an opportunity to throw that wrinkle in there because those guys don't have the personnel or the, or the technique and, to slow that. And I hope he added a screen to the running backs. 
<laughs> Please. That would be that would actually stop be. the tight end screens. So well you, know, sufficient. You, well, you know what? You don't have to stop the tight end screen because they haven't been horrible. But when you have, you know, a guy like Kareem Hunt that you, that you need to get in space, just utilize it. And I'm not sure why they haven't done that. I don't know if they're saving it. Um or what? But for what? But yeah, I don't. You know, some coaches are like that, man. Some coaches are like, well, we don't want to show everything. We want to keep some stuff. Whatever. I think that's stupid. But coaches, some coaches do think like that. They do. But um, yeah, like so. I definitely hope if they have any wrinkles, please just add a screen pass to running back. It'll be nice to see. Right. So, did you have any other? Keys moving forward because I know we're going to do our picks later on and we'll give our predictions. Yeah, yeah, we'll do our picks a little so, bit later on. Uh, I think, I think, I think that that was it for me. Um, okay. As I'm looking over my my list of, of stuff, I think I'm done. I think I'm happy enough. Oh, I don't think I said this, but I really wanted to say this. Really happy to have the Browns playing on Sunday. I don't, I don't, I know other people would probably be like, why? I almost always feel lost when the Browns don't play. Like if we play on a Thursday and then there's no Sunday game, I'm like Sunday all day. I'm like, like, I don't know what to do. I can watch a game, but I'm probably not going right to just now. Now, completely see, I, watch that whole game. I'm going to be restless most right. of the day. That's just me. See, I was the exact opposite. I actually took took this on to relax. So I didn't have to be worried about these fools all day Sunday. Now, now I say this. And I did I, say that. I just kind of chilled out that. and just enjoyed my football Sunday. Stress free. I did say that. But I, I watched the game outside. What'd you uh, say? Yeah. I said I watched the game outside the other day. You know, I just played it. Okay. I had it playing outside. I, I barbecued. It was nice out. So I actually had a, a chill type of day. Not worrying okay. about the Browns, so at least I filled in my day with something. Right, uh, right. Uh, this time, you know, usually I'm just sitting around like, you know, and I turn on the TV and I gotta watch the Steelers and whoever, or I gotta watch the Ravens versus who. I mean, yeah. You know, See, I had, like I had a friend of mine. Man, I, don't watch um, them, but. I had a friend of mine let me use her. Uh, Sunday ticket password so okay so shoot you watch the game you wanted to watch then yeah so right so yeah so I so I get where you're coming from from that aspect because there have been times where during the bye week we get stuck with the worst games ever you know so at least I got yeah. to pick the game I wanted to see I got to watch a little tour you know right. in the afternoon games because for whatever reason why does the NFL front load the schedule now the TV schedule why do they have 85 games at one at the one o'clock start, then they have two games. I was just getting ready to say it's like it's like four. a game and a half at four. <laughs> right. They they used to split it almost like down the middle. Remember, like based on geography, like you know, you had all your West Coast teams mostly were going to be at the at the at the later time, but now they do it everything at one. And I'm sure it's probably some type of money thing where because that game is on a little bit later, you got more of the country probably viewing it. They probably want to have more eyes on those games at that we, particular you gotta point. Cons- you got to consider something else, too. They've taken one of those games. They take one of those games out by moving a uh, team to Thursday. Yeah, they take two of the, one of those true. games completely out of the out of the, uh, out of the equation. Fact, because you got the Thursday game. Fact, then you got a Sunday night. Fact, they take, 
they take two of those games out. Yeah, yep. I didn't even think about that, man. That, that's, yep. that's an excellent point. Yep. So, all right, NFL, we're going to uh, move a little bit forward. Uh, I think our next topic, uh, folks, I'm going to. It was supposed to be Ohio State, but well, um, <laughs> thanks to COVID 19, um, there is no Ohio State game. And really, it wasn't going to be an Ohio State game anyway, because we were playing the Maryland Terrapins, who by far. The Maryland Terribles. Who, who by far have the worst uniforms in the history of athletics? They, I quit those things to be like crash dummies. Listen, they do not have. That's that specialty one that looks like the, that uh, in the color of that flag they or whatever. Draped in the flag, yeah, they, yeah. they wear those all the time, don't they? Do they? I didn't. I well, didn't the helmet it is. Like the helmet is like half oh, that well, ugly Maryland that's flag. The whole uniform. I'm now. You remember this game because I this you were like all over the place. You were like fit to be tied with this when they wore the <laughs> uniform and the and the flag color was the shirt on. The, I mean, on the it's jersey, dude. I said, I've never seen Sean post so much on Facebook in my life. You could not. <laughs> it was, I was the tackiest like, uniform. <laughs> it was the tackiest uniform ever. So one thing you guys have learned about me, and I get criticized for this, except for the people who are the same way I am. I am a uniform snob. Um, it's, it's nothing worse to me than a tacky uniform. Especially when you have to test these things out before you even put them out. Like I'm wondering, like who designs these things, huh? <laughs> I said, like, who, like who let those uniforms out the building? But listen, what makes what makes whatever you decide is tacky, tacky? Like what's what says? Because you didn't like the brand. Because you know why? Because 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 there's a lot of people that agree with me. They just don't care as much as I do. They're like, oh yeah, those are pretty bad, but Listen, it's whatever. Now, I'm not gonna stand here and say that those uniforms were great. I won't say that. What I will say is they weren't the worst uniforms yes, I'd were. ever seen. No, yes, they were. You know, What's you know, worse? You know, I, I got some bad uniforms. Uh, that dumb Steelers uniform that they wear with the with the jail stripes on. Oh, it. the bumblebee. Oh, yeah, that's up there too. That's oh, up there. That uh, olive green that. Uh, Green Bay wears sometimes. They're old schools. That is awful. Yeah, too. that's bad. That's all. Like yes, those is. are bad uniforms. But this thing, I, I can see what they were doing. They were trying to go towards the Commonwealth. I get it. Aha! That's the it's the flag and it's college. I see it. So I was giving them a pass. I mean, you just listen, man. They would have muted if this were this time Look, right now. They would have muted you on Facebook. Because they was like, man, I think Pretty this dude's going to do something to those folks. <laughs> <laughs> man, look, their mascot is a turtle. Just put a turtle on the helmet and be done with it. You know what Who I'm saying? Who like, turtle on the helmet? That's their mascot. So put a turtle on there. And, well, or, or an listen, M. Listen, our mascot is basically uh, we don't have basically, one. Uh, uh, damn Brut uh, Brutus. Oh, no, the Buckeyes. See, look, yeah. I don't want to see Brutus on the side of no damn helmet. No, but see, but you know what though? Our uniforms are clean. They're plain but, now, but, but, but they're clean. clean. Now dig this though, because the basketball team, the Maryland basketball team, don't they have the turtle with behind the M 
as their yeah. as their logo. Yeah. Okay, I thought so. You put that on. You just throw it on a football helmet. And and, and and call it a day. Because to me, here's my thing, man. So we don't even be on this all day. Look, I think when, when you have tacky uniforms, it messes up the whole aesthetic <laughs> on television. It makes it, especially this, like most of the bad teams. I agree with that. Have Like you're already a bad football team. And like, okay, get, prime example. All right, Monday night, we was forced to watch the Jets, right? And they out there looking like North Texas State. <laughs> North Texas University. Yes. So, UNT. Yeah. They I mean they green. They all right. Green. So so not only do we have to watch a bad football team, y'all look bad doing it and find a way to blow the game in typical Jets fashion. But anyway, I know that that's that's my rant, my uniform rant. Listen, um, we're gonna have for to today. do every week. Every week. I may end up having to do like a fashion segment to see whose tacky <laughs> uniform pissed Sean off during the week. You know, like the and, and tacky, like, like, what about a, what about a tacky field? Do you like Boise State's field? Do you got an issue with no. that? Yes. You don't or you do? You, you I do it? have an issue with it. It's another chance even worse. Like who was it? Uh, <laughs> Eastern Washington with that red field? Yeah. Or something like that. Yeah, that's is tacky. <laughs> it's gimmicky and it's tacky. Yes, I have a problem with it. That's why everybody used to go up there and lose all the time, especially if 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 uh if boys who wore like the all blue, they blend in with the field. You don't even know where you where you, like you can't out see there. it. You can't see it. Well, everybody like should have saying, a nice clean just slick, a, and, you just know, a and I don't clean. mind. I don't mind stuff being jazzy though. People are like, well, Sean, you just plain jang on everything, just regular. No, like I'm I'm cool with you change them up and jazz them up. Just make sure it's not tacky. You know, like like the Rams. The Rams ruined a perfectly good uniform. No, no that uniform is wrong. That uniform is nothing wrong. Yeah. I don't uh one of my friends that lives in LA uh said to me, uh that the uniforms are supposed to represent, you know, the fire. So, like, that's why you see the color change as it goes down. So it's in LA. They're, they're you know, new team is hot. Blah blah blah. Because they got this flame out there that's supposed to be burning or supposedly burning or whatever, whatever. I'm like, bro, that don't make no sense whatsoever. It doesn't. Because there was nothing wrong with those guys' uniforms last year. Nothing. I didn't dislike. Their traditional that blue and white joint. I actually like the the '80s uniforms that they had with the, the blue and gold. The Eric Dickerson's. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like those. I thought those was cool. I actually had a Rams yeah. jacket, a, a Rams coat, because I I liked how that looked. It looked dope. You know, to see that yeah. Ram and the and the, the gold horns, and you know, I thought it looked dope. But you know, when they uh, moved back to LA, then they went to the blue and white. Which I was fine with that too because the the emblem was still basically the same, and that right. was what their original colors were, right? So exactly. okay, I, I get that a tip towards the the traditional, you know, the original stuff. Okay, I'm fine with that. But this thing, like I I'm literally like every time I watch them play, I'm like, man, that's, I can't even watch the game. I'm looking at them like I'd be ashamed of my damn self if I had that on. Like bro, that yeah. is that glitter? Is it does it glitter? Like I, I don't know. It, the shit looks weird to me. 
They and that's look not like a little, man. They look like Little League. Yeah, like that's not a real man football jersey. Now, I'll give you that one. Sometimes the rest of them, I'm telling y'all, anybody who's listening or anybody who's going to listen to this, I'm telling you, there's times when Sean is absolutely ridiculous uh, with his <laughs> uh, assessment of folks' uh, attire for the, for the freaking game. It's, it's, and I don't argue with him no more about it. I don't. I'm For what? Because all he going to, listen, he's not going to change. He's not going to say to himself, all right, I see what you're saying. No, the hell he's not. He's not. He's not. He's going to be like, man, you know what he's going to say? <laughs> I can't believe you like that crap. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but uh, I. Exactly. So, so listen. Since we got we off track. Have, since we don't have our uh, Buckeyes segment that we were expecting to have, I was all prepped up for it and everything. And then, you know, about one o'clock this afternoon, we got the announcement that it was official. It was, we always, we heard the rumors, but we got the official, it ain't happening. I had to, you know, pivot a little bit, but that's okay because we probably needed to talk about this or at least mention some of this with the uh, NBA season coming up. What, roughly in about a month and a half? So, yeah. Um, we're going to skip into a little bit of NBA talk, folks. Um, oh, wait. I can't do it yet. I pulled my Cavs hat out. So now, now I'm in Cavs mode. <laughs> As y'all can see, I was rock, I was rocking my Cavs because I was I wanted to wear my um, my vet hat. I bought this at the uh, Indians team shop like two years ago, I think, on Veterans Day or around Veterans Day. They always do like that special. So I wanted to wear that, but I was like, damn, what am I gonna wear that's gonna match that? My great, my great uh Warm up like I'm on the team. Look, I'm like I'm like KD right now. Just warm, <laughs> warming up in the hoodie. hoodie but, uh, we're, gonna talk, we're gonna talk a little calves, uh, get some calves action out here. So going into this upcoming season, I don't think anybody's confused, and I hope not. Any Cavs fans that are out there, and definitely uh, Sean and I, who are uh, believe it or not, we are actually Cavs fans. Um, this team is definitely, absolutely in transition. I don't know if you'll call it a complete and total rebuild, but we're definitely in the mold, either pre-rebuild or yeah, I think it's pretty much a total. I think it's a total rebuild. So I think it's um, going to have to be, as, which is why I think it, we're either right before the re rebuild. Or we're right after the rebuild. Like you got pieces and parts that are valuable, or you see value in, but you got to figure out what to do with them. It's a lot of money on their books. Um, so yeah, so so tell me about that. So I know we still have Kevin Love, unfortunately. I know he's still <laughs> on the team, taking up probably uh 75 percent of the cap space <laughs> of the team. Um Tristan Thompson, is he finally isn't he finally gone technically? Uh, now, I did a little bit of research, just a little bit of research to try to figure out what his actual status is with the team. I don't know that he's a, a unrestricted free agent. I believe he might be in that restricted free agent 
I need him to be unrestricted. I need him to be unrestricted as well. But you know me. And I listen, folks, I'm gonna let y'all in on some stuff. And Sean, anybody who knows me already knows this about me. So um Tristan is actually one of the focal points of what we're talking about. So the Cavs, again, they're kind of in a rebuild or they need to be in complete rebuild mode, but they literally have, if we just go by salaries uh, that, that they're, that they're paying guys out. They literally have about $70 million tied up in three guys. Uh, I don't know if, if you guys, if you're, if you're a sports fan, you kind of know this, but I want to, try to break it down for folks that might just be listening because they are family, friends, or want to know more about how this kind of works. So if you have a team of 12 to 15 guys and three guys have $70 million and the team's uh, uh, salary in this upcoming season is $110 million, that means only $40 million is going to, and I say only $40 million, I wish I had only $40 million going anywhere towards me, but you have only $40 million going towards the other 12 guys on that team. So that means that most of those guys on that team are probably making about $3.5 million to $4 million uh, a year, which is actually pretty solid money. But let me tell you something about what that actually specifies. That actually specifies you don't have anybody on your team because there aren't many people in the league that's going to play uh, for three and a half million dollars a year that's right. going to get you to the finals, okay? Or that's going to even maybe probably won't even get you to the playoffs in some, in some cases. So as the Cavs move forward with this $110 million salary uh, that they got to pay their team, you're paying, like Sean said, you're paying Kevin Love $31 million, which is absolutely ridiculous, especially at this point in Kevin Love's career. Right. Uh, uh, you're, you're paying uh, Andre Drummond $22 million, and he's already said he is going to use the option, which will uh, bump him up to about $28 million. Or, or 29. Yeah, I don't blame him for doing it. Yeah, the no, money is there. No, I don't blame him either. I do it too. I do it too. Because guess what? The next team that he goes to, ain't nobody giving him that $29 million. No. Not not outright. No. He's not not, not, not a year. He might get a salary for he's solid. You know, no, he's, he's a, a he's solid guy. But I'm not even talking about twenty eight million dollars solid though. I'm not giving him almost thirty million dollars a year. If I'm any other team in the league. That's why they make those contracts like that. So the same thing happened with Kevin Love. Of course, Kevin Love opted into that. Man, who else is going to pay this dude at that time $28 million and then he ended up getting a, an extension? I don't. Ha I have no idea what the hell that uh, they were doing to give him that extension, but whatever. Um, so you're looking at 31 and 28. That's sixty million between two people, man. At that point, yeah. And I pulled up a website, a good website if you want to look up player salaries, is uh, hoopshype.com. 
hoops hype. Okay. And they tell you they go through each each player and how much they have left on their deal and whether or not they're free agents. So Tristan Thompson is an unrestricted free agent. Is he unrestricted? Okay, good. Yes, because he made eighteen million last year and now he is uh is zero. He wants he wants at least eighteen million this year though. The Cavs made him an offer. He didn't like the numbers. Did we offer him a contract? Yeah. That's, we... that's what I just said. The Cavs made him an offer. Oh, he, wow. He just, he just didn't like whatever those numbers represented. Um, there's, there's stuff continue. out there that says that he, he that people seen him out of L.A. having drinks with LeBron. So it's a potential he could end up in L.A. But guess what? If he goes to L.A., he ain't finna get no $18 million a year to be there. No, not at all. So you just, you know, the, 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 the bum is just trying to beat the Cavs out of money. But he'll right. go to L.A. for less money. You know what I mean? And, like, and, and, and I want to say this about Tristan. Like, to me, you know, Tristan, you, you played hard. Um, despite the past couple of years it being, you know, a down year, down years for the Cavs, we were just downright awful. You really didn't hear him complain or, you know, bitch and moan about being here. Um, you know, he went on it and, and he was professional. Well, I'll give him that. Um, but it's just time. I, I just want to move on from that entire era. Like, if we're going to rebuild, you know, we need to go ahead and, and clean house of some of those older guys and let's, and let's rebuild and let's focus around, you know, uh, Colin Sexton and uh, Kevin Porter Jr., so Tristan's like he's coming off the books. Um, Delhi is coming off the books because he made nine million. Um, and that's it for the big names. Like the Cavs are really stuck with some some bad contracts. Like, well, well, I, I guess mean, hell, they really the, the, it's not bad. Like, like Dante Exum is still here. But he only has one year left at nine million, so he he's kind of like trade bait, probably. They can bit. trade him or buy him out, even. Right, and that's really it. So I guess you know what? I guess really besides Love and Drummond, the Cavs are pretty much at, at the point now where they can really start to retool. Because even look with Drummond, him being this last year on his deal, he's tradable too. At he's some point, so I need a big man, you know, around, you know. I mean, he's very tradable, especially the season. Yeah, when when right. cows start looking uh, for for those extra veterans, those guys that can score and defend and all that stuff, going into the playoffs, right, like right before the trade deadline, that makes him more valuable. Now, unfortunately, uh, we we're stuck with Kevin Love. He no, got ain't three years left on that on that horrible deal. Ain't nobody taking Kevin. Ain't nobody touching Kevin Love. Right. He's here. That, like, they couldn't find anybody uh, from what I saw. They were looking, and nobody's interested. Of course they're not. That's the same thing I said about Tristan, which is why he ended up having to stay here. Why nobody's trying to pay that dude no $18 million a year to do what he does? And do you listen, think Kevin, do, do you think Kevin might take, I don't know, with that much money left on a deal, I don't even know if you can even do a buyout at this point, can you? I don't know that's for sure. What, that's what's that's what, $100 million you said, you said left. More, you said it's two more years? Three. Damn, hell no. That's a lot. Right. I mean, at that that's kind a of, lot of money. Because what is it? He's, he's not going to be happy here. 
No, listen, and here's how you know he ain't gonna be happy. This fool is on uh, social media, uh, advocating for the Cavs to, to make Tristan Thompson a first priority. Man, if you don't shut Did your he say ass that? up. You yeah. know what, so, I've I been sleep on the Cavs, man, because I haven't heard yeah. any of this foolishness. Yeah, <laughs> listen, now you already know. Let me tell y'all what I truly believe and truly feel. Not just about Tristan Thompson, but I've mentioned this specifically on our show multiple times. We in Cleveland are enamored by normal, average ball players who play hard and who like being here. We love that shit here. Uh, not always me. I'm more of a of a of a I'm more into the game itself and I'd rather have a good player than just a, a good guy. Right. Like, I like those guys, so I'm a realist, too. So, you know, for some reason, we elevate that, those guys like probably, Jesus status. And that's one thing yeah, I don't and that's do. that's probably more specific. Like, what you just said is probably way more specific than uh, than what I said. I, I just, I don't see the value in just having this good guy around. We, you know, when it when Andy Rajal got traded, man, there was people all over the place upset. That I wish Andy was here for what? What did he do? Yeah, he was an energy guy and he did play hard. And I'm not gonna act like I didn't like him. What I'm saying is, you talking about we need him for what? Like, what did he provide? Yeah, that guy can be replaced, right? That you can't get from some. Exactly, we can't get it from somewhere else. And I'm gonna tell you somebody who I put in that same ilk. Tristan Thompson. Now, I'm going to, I don't like Tristan Thompson as the, as a basketball player. I remember when we drafted Tristan Thompson, I was like, who is this bump? Um, I saw him play and I had to reassess that. And I said, no, it's not who is this bump. It was, he's a bum. <laughs> he got a little bit better over the next couple of years. He kind of developed himself. But I'm always against a lottery pick as a development. That's a wasted pick, if you ask me. Yeah, I agree. So, so they did whatever he needed to do to develop this guy. Then LeBron came back. So his development, which he did without LeBron being here, I will give him that credit. He turned himself into a more valuable guy, but he was still only from where he was to where he ended up. He was still a basic basketball player still incapable of doing certain things. He's not very athletic. He's not, he doesn't have great footwork. What he does well is rebound offensively. He's a great, a really good, I won't even give him away, he's a really good offensive rebounder. He is. I'm not going to take that away from him. Is he an $18 million offensive rebounder? No, the hell he's not. Is he an $18 million basketball player? No, the hell he's not. You got one person, you know, one person alone to thank for that dumbass contract and that dude plays in LA. Yep. Because he never would have gotten that contract if LeBron wasn't here to have a game. And North hey, RP, have... see if you can fix your mic a little bit. You kind of got Come a little on. bit muffled. Hold up. Hold up. What you think that was? Can you hear me a little better? It's a, that's a little bit better, but it's still a little a little off, but I can hear you. Here I go. I'm trying to. I keep trying to do. This is my own fault. 
Let's try to do it without the microphone. And then this kind of stuff happens. <laughs> One thing I noticed, it still, still sounds the same. I mean, I can it's hear still, you and I can make out. Yeah, I can make out what you're saying. It's just like, it's just a little muffled. But we'll roll with it. Um, did the Cavs are still somehow on the hook for J.R. Smith? I guess we have to pay a portion of his salary. Uh, yeah. How that works, I don't know. So, yeah, so we, we're paying him um, this year and next year like $1.4 million. Which is crazy, but, you know, as a part of the buyout, they bought him out. Okay. All right, so, so that makes sense. Um, but looking at, at this roster overall, um, the Cavs are awful. And we're going to be in for another long season now. Um, before COVID hit and everything last season, as bad as we were, I actually enjoyed watching the young guys because um, I was starting to see some guys develop, uh, especially Kevin Porter Jr. I think he is the wild card in all of this. Like, he's the one that if the Cavs are going to, you know, uh, you know, get back into playoff contention, he's the guy that has to pan out. Um, Sexton is Sexton, even though he gets a bad rap in Cleveland, which I don't understand why. Um, he plays hard. All he does is goes out and and and, and scores 20 a night. Um, unselfish ball player, and he gets a bad rap. But I like his game. But he's a, he's a small guy, so – you know, he can't do it alone. Garland, the book is still out on him. But if Kevin if uh, Kevin Porter Jr. develops, I think he's the wild card in all of this. Um, other guys, young guys like Chetty, I'm down on Chetty. I think he is what he is. He has no I'm business starting. Yeah, we are stuck with him. I don't know why they gave him that, that extension. Um, you know, Larry Nance Jr. is what he is. Um, he's going to be a role player. He, he, he's basically is going to be Tristan Thompson going for it. Um, and we're going to have to hit on these drafts. Um, I hate that we only, we, we got the fifth pick in the draft coming up. So basically, we're not going to get a yeah. So 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 we're not going to get a difference maker um, in this draft. But we'll see going forward. Um, like I said, I'm interested in just seeing the young guys develop. They have a lot of heart. I think B.J. Bickerstaff is the right coach. I actually thought that um, – uh, what was his name? The coach that got fired is is oh, escaping B-line. me right now. I thought Beeline was a good coach. I just think that he was so old school, and especially in the pro game, he couldn't adjust. But I think his principles, um, as far as the fundamentals and stuff, were there. I just think at his age – and the way that these new guys are, a lot of these guys don't like hard coaching. Um, and I think that kind of rubbed them the wrong way. I don't think they dislike Beeline at all. I just think it ended up not being the right fit, but we needed a teacher. And I think BJ Bickerstaff is a teacher um, as well. And they respond to him. So um, I know we're going to be bad, but I'm excited um, to see how these young guys develop going forward well if you recall if you recall this version of what we're seeing out of the Cavs 
was supposed to have happened in 2014, 15, when LeBron came back. Yeah, 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 exactly. It sure was. This was supposed to be that because that's what they hired uh, Black to be. Mm -hmm. uh, a, a teacher, a guy who right. had fundamentals. It was going to really hone in the skills of the young guys, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, he was going to pull them out of the retarded conundrum uh, that Mike Brown had left uh, on this squad. <laughs> and, you, you know, try no to move lost from Mike Brown. Huh? So you have no love loss for Mike Brown? Uh, at all. Not not one bit. I tell you what, uh, that dude sucked. He sucked really, really bad as a head coach. He might be a good defensive coach, and I think he's earned his bones doing that in, uh, in San Antonio and in uh, Golden State. And that's good. Like I ain't, I'm, I don't hate to do hate to do. I, I just don't want to see him on no bench for no team that I like as the head coach. I understand. You want me uh, both? But uh, you know, uh, David Blatt was supposed to be that guy who was going to pull us out of that and turn us into, turn Kyrie into, you know, whatever he was going to be. It was going to, you know, fix all of that, you know. And then LeBron came in here and was like, "Nah, ain't none of that finna happen." So. And we got into the, the market of the high contracts. We got into the market of the, you know, we got to win now. We're not building anything, only to have it fall apart brick by brick and be back in the same spot in five years. You know what? LeBron, the way that he moves, LeBron is like Godzilla <laughs> in this sense. <laughs> Godzilla comes in and saves the day. But when he leaves, he leaves whatever city that he was in. It looked like an ashtray once he gets done with it. Yep. And that's what LeBron has done. Like he, when he came back the second time, we got the championship, but he left destruction in his way. We did get the chip. Right. Now, <laughs> this time, though, he didn't leave us as bad off as he did the first time. It was impossible. The first time. The Cavs were, were, I mean, they was running guys out there that I've never heard of Listen, uh, in my life. It was impossible for him to leave us in a spot that was worse than that first time around. And I think, though, the first time around, the teams, I don't, I don't know who he befriends as players, but he's done a better job of befriending better players as he's gotten older. Those guys – and that, and that first uh, run with the Cavs uh, before, you know, uh, when he left the first time for Miami, when he left, I was still a season ticket holder. So a lot of my uh, frustration with LeBron was because you left me with this two watts, homie. <laughs> like I'm watching Booby Gibson and, right. and Mo Williams and uh, – who else? I don't even remember some of those guys. I mean, it, Anthony it was, Parker. Oh, we, we had we no no. Who's the Antoine yeah, Jameson? Yeah, Anthony Parker, uh, Candace Parker's brother. You're right. Yeah. Um, Anthony uh, uh, Ramon, Antoine Ramon Jameson. Oh my God. Yep, we had all of those guys that were still on the team. And, and think about the guys, next year after that. So so once we got rid of all those had, veterans, then we had uh, what's that guy's name? Yeah, that's how bad they were. I don't remember. I don't remember any of those guys. You would remember them if I if I brought their names up because 
it was like, I, first, first of all, I just couldn't believe that we had reached a point where you couldn't get nobody to come to Cleveland Dog. Right. Because this was also in between the eras of, like we said, LeBron had left, Kyrie hadn't gotten here. So in that in-between, we turned around and got uh, the worst first-round pick possible, uh, number one pick. Oh, Anthony had been off. Oh, I forgot uh, about it. history of number one picks. We ended up getting Anthony Bennett as the number one pick. And I mean to tell you, I've probably never seen a worse basketball player uh, to ever play. <laughs> that dude was awful, man. He was like, he was legit awful. He, he, he looked like he couldn't catch. He looked like he couldn't figure out where he belonged on the floor. It was bad. It was awful. Um, All right, man. I'm going to run down. The 2012 yeah, go roster. Go ahead. Oh, so Kyrie got here 2012. So you had Omri Caspi, Wayne Ellington, Wayne Alonzo G. Alonzo G. That was the dude I was thinking about right there. Somehow Booby was still here, but I don't remember him being here. Booby was here because he had so much money, nobody wanted him. So they just but he basically rolled the bell. I don't think he played. No, he didn't play that much. Um, Kevin Jones, I have no idea who Kevin Jones was. John Lauer, I don't know who that was. I forgot we had, you know, Sean Livingston actually played pretty well when he was here. I didn't want him to go. I wanted him to stay. Him yeah. and uh, him and uh, Maurice Spates were here. Yep, we had Spates that year. We had CJ Miles. CJ played well. Oh, I forgot about Jeremy Pargo, Samardo Samuel, Samardo Samuels. Samardo, come on, man. Say that name to yourself and ask, is that a right. basketball player? Then we had like Deion Waiters and uh, they won 24 games that year. Which doesn't sound like a lot, but for that trash they was running out there on a nightly basis, you know, 24 oh, in that bad. I sat through 26 straight losses, man. I, I, I've, I've watched some of the worst basketball anybody who has ever had to sit and watch. I couldn't get those tickets right. away. I couldn't, I couldn't act like I, you know, I would ask people like, yo, you want to come to the game, man? I'm just, I'm just gonna go hang out. Maybe I'll just go eat or whatever. If nobody wanted to come. My wife right. and I were forced to go watch that trash night after night after night. It was awful. And then they were improving. So that like that 2013 squad. They won 33, which probably means they were probably about probably four or five games from, from making a playoff spot. I that's think they we had, were. That's when we did the Andrew Bynum experiment. Remember that? Yep. We brought him Andrew Bynum for a yep. year. And he only played um, for he only played for half a year. He didn't play the whole year. Right. He was out by Christmas. I forgot we had Jared Jack. Yep. Had Jared Jack. So Remember, this wasn't the year. When was the year we had um we had Baron Davis for like half the year? That must have been 2011. I think it might have been the year before. And listen, that that was the best basketball I saw for a while. But you could because I was at the games a lot. You could see the frustration on Baron because his basketball IQ was out of the building, and those dudes was like uh, baby basketball IQs. He couldn't understand why they weren't doing certain things and stuff like that. It was crazy. Right. No, he was here the year LeBron left. That's the only season he played with us. 
Okay. Yeah, Baron was Baron was nice. He he was still, you know, at that point he was kind of beat up physically. And that team was oh my god. That Christian team Nyanga. Yeah, that team was Christian awful. Nyanga, Ryan Hollins, Jamario Moon. I thought Ryan Hollins was here, but I wasn't hundred percent sure. Luke Heron, Goldie Graham. And that team awful. won how they won 19 games that year is beyond me. Listen, I don't know how they won. I don't remember they, I, the one win I remember they had. They beat the, the Heat the second time they came the back. When they came, yep. And I yep, couldn't. I, look, I was in. I was happy and clapping and stuff. But in my mind, I was like, "Boy, LeBron must got a food poison." Because <laughs> 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 it ain't no way that these dudes should have beat the damn Heat. But that was but, Baron uh, Davis. That game, Baron was like, "We're not losing that game." That's what it was. Like he, he put the whole team on his. I remember he wasn't there the first game when when LeBron. No, he wasn't. And I mean, again, I've never seen that level of vitriol for one individual ever in my life. Like I was you there, could, you could feel the evil in that building, man. You could yeah, feel it was. It, it was awful. <laughs> like, look, I was a part of it too. I was booing his ass every time he touched the rock too. But it was a bad like that. For those of you who are for the. One and a half people outside of Cleveland listening to this podcast. Um, <laughs> it was so bad that night, the first time LeBron came back to Cleveland in a heat uniform. The man was so nervous that he couldn't come out for the uh the, the pregame yeah, for the warm-ups. None of that. He was in the bathroom. Because that's how much busy and, and but it and hate. I mean, listen. They were booing this dude so loud, like my eardrums were popping. They were just like the boos every time he did anything. It was like I, I kind of had to do this because my ears were just like I was like, man, this is crazy. And I would just be looking around at people were, I mean, dog, it was the craziest scene. Sports-wise, that's probably the craziest scene I've seen. Yeah, like I wasn't at Bottle Gate and all that stuff. That was the one of the I was crazy at Gate. I was at Bottle I was. Gate, but I think I think that that heat game was a lot worse. And then LeBron, once he settled in, you know what? Because I saw it when he he went to the free throw line for the first it was time, the free throw. Yep. and they were yep. giving him the business. And he hit both those free throws and, and then the smile. He settled down and, and probably dropped like forty. <laughs> he went nuts. Like in, that, in, in uh, that corner, look in uh, that box. <laughs> He just him, him and Bosch went crazy. And matter of fact, that game springboarded them that season. Remember, they were struggling yep. in the first third of that season. And then they ripped off something like what? Yeah, they were like 15 in a row or something like that. They were like 500 yeah, they, when they came in. They, yeah, they, they were on a, on a huge winning streak after that game when they came in here. Yeah, that changed yeah, everything. He cracked that smile at the free throw line and he relaxed. Yep. Yeah, he, he went nuts yep. after that. I saw him smiling. I was looking at him like, this son of a bitch. <laughs> you know what and one more point about that game the thing i hated the most when they the, the cavaliers basically I know before the say. game yep. Yep. they had they, they pretty much had an orgy before the game you know? man listen i, I was, was i was like man. man i also i started calling them cats different names right uh my wife used to be like she was so appalled because I'd be saying that junk out loud. I would go to the Cavs games because we had to because we were season tickets uh, season ticket holders. But I'd be at the Cavs game 
dog in the calves. Like after that game, I had no respect for Mo Williams. I had no respect, none whatsoever for Booby. And I, you know, I wasn't no big Booby fan anyway. But right. you know, all y'all guys going out there to, to grab that dude, Jock Strap. I, I just I was like, nah. One, I thought I thought Mo Williams was the only one that didn't go shake his hand. He didn't shake his hand in the beginning of the game. He went out there after the game was over with, though. Okay. So I know he, he, was, he was one or two, if I'm not mistaken, who, did, who didn't the game, they had nothing to talking, do with him. He was talking a little bit of smack, like, nah, okay. you know, whatever, whatever. But after the game was over with, he the first one out there, of course, was Booby. And then the next dude right after that was, I, I, I called him a name that it's not Mo, but it rhymes with Mo Williams. Right. Uh, <laughs> from that point forward, I just, I had. I had nothing else. I had nothing left for that guy. Um, and for the people who are listening, all all six of y'all, <laughs> we have. I have a really good and bad habit of giving people nicknames. If you ever hear me refer to uh, somebody being a bag of M and M's, it's generally one person, and his name is Tristan Thompson. He's a bag. I would have. It came out of a whole situation. He turned down really good money. I think he got a three-year offer for like $52 million. That's $13 million, I thought to myself. First of all, I wouldn't pay Tristan Thompson $13 million to average a single single. Or who would? <laughs> the Cavs offered to do the contract, and he turned it down. I said, the audacity of this bitch! You right. turned down 13 Who is going to give you? More than thirteen million dollars, so I was the having Cleveland Cavaliers. Only the only the Cleveland Cavaliers. So I'm having this conversation at my seat in the stadium, and the people around me are arguing with me, and they were like, "Well, I mean, if you trade him, what are you? Who are you gonna trade him for?" Man, I trade his ass for a bag of M and M's, and from that point forward, he's been a bag of M and M's to me. And I and I'm talking about plain M and M's, not peanuts. Not the real good guy. Regular ass Eminem. That's what I feel like Tristan Thompson was worth. And then these dudes gave uh, 16, and then of course it escalates up to almost 18 and a half, 19 million dollars right now. Last season, he did average a double double for the second time in his whole career. Yeah, he played his ass off last year. For all 57 of those games, that was awesome. <laughs> you know it. Uh, he 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 played his ass off last season. I have no beef with with, with, with Tristan. I have more beef with the Cavs for giving him that. No, more so than him taking. Oh, trust me, that front office. I'm still pissed off at them right now for the Kevin Love. I know why they did it. You know, attempting to try to appease some of the season tickets. You gotta have somebody or something for those guys that want to come back and see. But no, and he's played awful, and they, and they treat him. They treat Kevin Love as as the OG, and he doesn't really deserve OGs. I mean, he's a veteran. He has done what we needed him to do to win a championship. Yeah, exactly. So, I, I, I'll say that. I salute you, sir, but. He's not, and I don't know that he ever can be what he was when he was at his best. He wasn't at his best with us for us. 
I think he was at his best in Minnesota, you know, playing down low, posting people up. He had great footwork, had a great hook shot, had great moves inside. He rebounded a lot. I mean, this dude, I'm 20 and 18 every night, damn near, it seemed like. 20 and 20, 25 rebounds a couple of nights. Like, right. the, dude, the dude was a monster. And Minnesota, he came in, had to change his game. And, and, you know, I don't know that he's ever been the same since. He's had a few nagging injuries since he's been here, a couple serious injuries, you know, the separation. Right. Uh, uh, the shoulder separation that he had. Uh, well, but, well, right now, I need him off my basketball team. I need him and uh, Tristan Thompson off this damn team. Because all, cause all yeah. he's doing is taking up space and, and cap space, and Tristan, we need to develop these young guys. And, uh, we do. And I, I think yeah, that's needs what to needs to happen. You need that money because ain't nothing attracting no, uh, no uh, free agents or anybody if you ain't got the money to pay them. You're probably gonna have to overpay to get somebody to come in. So, well, and, and this just, is where you go back to to old school player development and scouting because we're not gonna get a free agent. There's not gonna be any quick fixes. Uh, we probably Dan look Gilbert's like fault. that's Dan Gilbert's yeah. fault. That's Dan Gilbert's fault for allowing LeBron. The reason that the Heat really haven't ever fallen off. It's because they had great leadership up top when LeBron was there. And they were like, no, nah, yeah, we might get one or two guys, but they could afford that because they had other guys on that team. They could go get a guy that LeBron might have wanted or draft a guy that they thought LeBron might have wanted. That's just one or two guys. That ain't the whole team. That's not an entire structure based on LeBron James. So they ended up being middle of the road for a long time and then adding a piece or two and then, you know, ascending to the, one of the better teams in the East and then ending up being in the finals. And they still have a really good coach and that same structure above that. So, like, the the, the culture is what you got to build. What culture do we have? Right. And I think Bickerstaff yeah. can, can put that together, but I also think that's what they were trying to do with David Black. LeBron ruined that. I don't think LeBron's coming back to ruin that for bigger staff. So he should be good. And it would be interesting to see how he develops these guys uh, as we go forward. So, you know, again, go Cavs. I would love to see another one of these in the trophy case. But I know That's it's going to take gonna a little happen bit of time. At least for... It's going to take a little bit of time. It's going to take a little bit of time even for us to be remotely competitive on a nightly basis. You're looking at unless unless we get some type of luck, you're probably looking at close to a decade, man. Uh, I don't think. I mean, to, I don't think we're looking at a decade per se. Uh, I'd say to become a team that's uh, reputable. Well, I don't think it's going to take ten years. Well, reputable, no. You know what? And I kind of jumped out there a little bit because you don't know what's going to happen with guard. You know, once you know the LeBrons and. Katie <clears throat> and those guys kind of fade off. Like, who's going to fill that void, you know, coming up? So, yeah, like, yeah, we don't have any idea what's going to happen with that. So, but it just it just looks so bleak right now. You know what I'm saying? It just seems like it's before us to be competitive and reputable again. It's going to take yeah. a long time. So, we'll I mean, see. And what, I got a question for you, though. Do you think that um, LeBron James deserves a statue? at uh, Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse. Well, I don't know where that place is. However, 
I do know where the gun is. Um, and if I see a damn statue of LeBron James outside of the gun, I'm going, uh, I'm going to give it the Rocky treatment. Remember in Rocky 3, when he pulled up next to his uh, statue and threw his helmet at the- <laughs> I'm, I'm going to do the exact same thing. Because to me, now hear me out, because most people who know me know I'm not a huge LeBron James fan. But it has nothing to do with me not necessarily being a, a, a LeBron groupie. It's to me, it's the equivalent of he's been, definitely he's been the best calf. That's easy. Um, that ain't his fault either that he's the best calf. Like, you know, the Cavs just traditionally haven't had guys that were just hasn't been it hasn't been a good a good franchise. Right. For so, the majority of its existence. Yeah. It's a no-brainer to take a chance on a guy like him. Like, it, it was a no-brainer to, to draft that guy first in so many ways. I, I think you kind of had a back and forth maybe inside about him or Carmelo, but I think you could see the upside a little bit more with, with LeBron. So you take – And the marketing aspect of it, too. Oh, and the marketing aspect uh, is – So incredible. you got to take him. So you got to take the guy. Um. So it's not his fault that he's not. Now, I do agree he should have his jersey retired. Um, I think his numbers are definitely worthy of, I mean, hell, if, if, if you retire Larry Nance's jersey, and not that Larry Nance was no bad player. Right, and Brad Doherty. And Brad Doherty. Not that Brad was an awful player. He wasn't an awful player. Brad was a very solid basketball player. And at certain points, Brad was a like a very good basketball player. Same thing. Now, Mark Price to me is the only dude who should have his jersey out of the era of Cavs that we watched. Right. Um, he's the only one that deserved it, like just right out front. Not that Nance again and was based bad. on and and based on the basket basketball's rules for getting to the Hall of Fame, he should be in the Hall of Fame too. Uh, he, and a lot yeah, of to me, starting to advocate for him to be in the Hall of Fame. He's still one of the more underrated players that's ever played this game. Right. Um, but to suggest that LeBron deserves a trophy, I mean, excuse me, a statue, he's done as much to destroy this franchise as he has to make the franchise better. So why give this dude a trophy? For what? Because you won a championship? Listen, that's awesome. I, I, I'm never, you'll never, ever, 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 ever hear me downplay. Dude, I'm still wearing a damn hat. <laughs> you ain't going to get me to downplay the championship. The championship was the greatest thing I've ever seen in terms of sports. It is the greatest thing that I've ever experienced in terms of sports. My hometown team won a game, won a, a series, that they had no freaking business with. That's even better than us being better than everybody and just kicking their ass. That was awesome. And I don't know that there's an experience that'll be better short of the Browns winning the Super Bowl. Now, going back to the to, to my actual point, LeBron also left this team twice. And that has nothing to do with it, but it's the way he left the team the first time. Not just the, I ain't even talking about um, the, 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 what the, the decision crap. I'm talking about the disarray 
of the actual team. The, the point of waiting, waiting, waiting. Now the, the team can't even try to pick up other guys because we put all our money and all our bets into this hat. And you leave us with this bullshit. I, I, if I'm the owner, nope, I'm not giving you no damn because you could have done better. You could have done better. He did the same thing leaving Miami, but Miami played it better while he was there. So they didn't lose uh, as bad as the Cavs did. Now, then he goes back to Cleveland and dumbass Dan Gilbert does the exact same thing, <laughs> lets him come in and, and kind of hamstring the team. And we're still living through it. We're still talking about guys that are not great basketball players making really great money that we still have to deal with while he's out there winning championships for another right. dude. Here's my thing. Um, I think he should get one, and I think they will give him one. Um, I mean, you he he broke the the curse, so on that alone, I will go ahead and give LeBron James a statue, and especially if you're gonna give Jim Tomey a statue. No, uh, no, nope, really nope, nope, don't do that. You can't do that. You know why you can't do that? Because we're talking about two different franchises, two different sports. Don't tell me about. The Cavs don't own the Indians. <laughs> no, they don't. So but still, no. So no, that that excuse, that reasoning, is nonsensical, Sean. That is absolutely nonsensical. The well, Cavs right. own. You know what? You're right. You're absolutely right. But Le- I think LeBron should still get a get a statue for breaking okay. the curse and bringing. Well, then they need to give Kyrie one too. That I've ever they seen. need to get Kyrie one too. No. No, Why not? no, you know what? He broke the curse this is about too. to go. This, this is about to go off to a whole another. He broke the curse too. Tangent. He was there. He was no, there. You know what? <laughs> he hit the biggest spot in Cleveland. No. In Cleveland sports history, there's no. never been a better, bigger, more pressure-packed shot than that shot. And yeah, you, that, that's here, true. And tell me, and that's that true. LeBron and that's should get true. a statue because he broke the curse. You ain't even say nothing about the stats or nothing. Just that he broke the curse, but then I need to see one of Kyrie too. No, you know what? Yeah, yeah. This this, this conversation is about to go into yep. a whole another. You got tangent. to, bro. And, you got and, to. and nobody's gonna win this argument. No, you, nobody's listen, gonna this win this. This ain't even argument. argument. This is real talk. There. This ain't no argument. This real talk. There. Because 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 if you want to say that LeBron helped destroy it on his way out, Kyrie did too. You know what I'm saying? He's Listen, culpable. No, he didn't. He, yes, no, he, he didn't. Did. You know why? You know why he didn't? Yeah, because he got <laughs> traded. He got traded. He didn't just bounce. He didn't hold the team hostage and didn't allow them to get some for it. It ain't his fault. They traded him to Boston for Isaiah <laughs> uh, two no, foot. The whole thing. For, all he had to do was sit and there and be. Listen, Tampa. that's still LeBron. That's LeBron looking for. Uh, Chris Paul to come in here and they're not talking about the shit. That's LeBron. So don't tell me that, that no, hell no. If you give LeBron the trophy, just specifically, <laughs> I mean a, a statue, statues. specifically based on he broke the curse. He ain't break that well, jump by himself. Well, well, also him being the, the greatest cavalier of all time. He's he listen, gave us he's the greatest cavalier of all time. Now. If you have said he's the greatest Cavalier of all time, I would have less to say because Kyrie's not the greatest Cavalier. 
I don't even know that Kyrie is the second greatest Cavalier when it comes to being a Cavalier. You right. said because he broke the curse. That's nonsensical. Just like your Jim Tomey crap you just brought. No, up. because because he had because he had to come back to Cleveland to even do that. He listen. He came back to Cleveland for him, not for us. This no, is about that's his true. Legacy. It wasn't and about that's 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 true. It wasn't about you get no us, argument for me. Us All right. So 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 here's my final here's my final argument for his his statue based on him being the greatest cavalier of all time and on top of that you know um you know helping bring a championship here he should get a statue now is that better he he is the greatest cavalier like i said he deserves every, to because every deserves franchise to he deserves to have his jersey in the rafters um and really i don't even think kyrie should have his number retired uh, I don't think he's going to get it. I don't think so. Um, because he really, really wasn't here that long, for a long yeah. time. You know, and, other people say otherwise. But uh, like people were mad at Colin Sexton for wearing number two. I'm like, y'all being petty. I don't think that's. Now. I mean, I wouldn't want him to wear number two just as a, I'm a Kyrie guy. But I mean, in terms, <laughs> excuse me, in terms of the team that he's, that he came to. Kyrie isn't like an all-time Cavalier great. Well, now, Kyrie, wow. now when you talk about one of the more talented Cavs, there ain't many more more talented Cavs than Kyrie. I'll tell that's you that true. right now. And, and I appreciate it. But that ain't, that but that ain't what we talking about. No, that's not I don't want to come off as being a uh, a Kyrie hater and things I'm not. Oh, no. I don't think I, you're a Kyrie I just hate the way I hate the way that whole thing just But if you hate the way that played out, you got to hate what LeBron's part of that shit was, too. Of and course. that's what really pissed me off. It's like, and, dude, and we've talked about that off off air. You know, you know. Of course, you know where I stand with that. Um, I hate the way, like the Cavaliers should have gotten at least, at the very minimum, two world championships. Oh, we should have won back to back, if you ask me. And the fact that we only got one, and and that still goes to show how Cleveland is still cursed, even with winning the championship. We should have had more in, in circumstances, you know, injuries well, at the wrong time. Um, Golden State what? getting Kevin Durant, stuff like that kind of derailed that whole thing. You know, we, we should have had at least two and probably could have had three. Probably. Um, if everything broke certain way, but that's what it should have could have. You know, we I'll got tell you win. what, so, if uh, Kyrie better be lucky, I wasn't a damn general manager because his ass would have still been the calf. I ain't trading you. I don't give a damn. What you, I wouldn't trade you with a right. What you gonna do? Not play? Yeah, and listen. You know, he, and, and they said that he, he was threatening to out get emergency you. surgery or something like that. I was like, oh, yeah, get your go right ahead. You were still. He was still on the contract for two years. So guess yep. guess what? No player has ever done sit out for two years. <laughs> now you might come back and be disgruntled. You might come back and be pissy or whatever. You can come back and do all that, but you're gonna be the most only player to sit out. I think Le'Veon Bell is the only only guy to sit out and void his contract. And you see where that got him. Now he did get paid, but his he career's paid, pretty much over. He he hasn't recovered physically. No, he hasn't at all. And that's what I mean. Like nobody that dude wouldn't have sat out for two years because he would have been trying to get out of here. And your value is actually more on the court than it is sitting at home talking about exactly. I'm pissed off. You look like a retard at that point so you got to come back you right. end up having to play he would have been mad as hell at me 
I wouldn't have traded him if I was a general manager. But that's that's an alternate universe, uh, not this one. Yep. All right. So 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 you guys got some in-depth Cavaliers talk. Um so we look hey, forward to the we season. Made it, we made it exciting too. It wasn't even right, just exactly. regular boring Cavs. All right. So moving on. So we want to go ahead and review our picks from oh wait, before last we week. do that, before we do the picks, yeah. before we do the picks, you know me, you know me. I gotta switch hats. Oh, the Indians. We gotta give uh real quick. We got to give some love to my guy, Justin, uh, excuse me, Justin Bieber. Justin I knew I was going to do that. I knew I was going to do that. <laughs> I knew I was going to do it. Sorry. Uh, my apologies. I'm talking about Shane Bieber, uh, the Indians ace. Uh, he won the Cy Young Award today in a unanimous uh, steamrolling of, of, the, uh, of the voting for the award. I don't know if he would have been judged unanimously if it had been a full season. I'm sure somebody would have voted for a couple, because you always had those periods of the season where you kind of fall yeah. off a little bit. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, you still got to tip your cap to the dude. Um, he was first in, rec his record was first in the, in the American League, eight and one. His ERA was like 163-ish, which was first in, in the major, I think major league, period. And then uh, his strikeouts was number one as well, 122 strikeouts. Yeah, I mean, I that was when I was, he was a freaking witch. He was electric at times. It, it, I mean, I he was for the samples of the season. I think he set some records or made his. Yeah, yeah, he was very dominant. As far as so here's the thing, though, I'm not tipping my hat to Shane Bieber right now for winning the side. I already know you why. Know why? I already know uh, why. No, it's it's a couple of reasons. Well, Every time we have one. a pitcher. Every time we've had a pitcher win the Cy Young North, an early exit from the playoffs. And once again, that's true. And I'm tired of it. Screw the award. I'd rather for him but that ain't his not fault. won the Cy Young and we won the World Series. You know what I'm saying? All these awards and accolades, these guys never show up in the playoffs. Never. Our superstars never show up in the playoffs, man. So now, no. Yeah. It's an accomplishment, but and this is gonna sound like and there's nothing personal towards Shane Bieber. Like I'm tired. Like who else got an award? All these guys got awards. Like uh, J Ram got a silver slugger. <laughs> who else got something? Uh, Gonzalez uh, got a whoever, couple, whoever that damn second baseman is. He got a he got a our, uh, our, uh, our catcher won a gold glove. Uh, right. Then then we got a team gold glove. The whole team defensively. The team. Uh, uh, defensive uh, percentage was uh, okay, yeah. All these, all these damn postseason awards. And here's another thing too. Here's another gripe. This is why baseball nobody really watches baseball anymore. The season ended like two months ago, and they got to stretch all these awards out to try to stay in the news and stay relevant. Just put the <laughs> yeah. damn awards out the day after the no. season. There's, there's no excuse. Is that, not is, that how they normally do it, though? is that how they normally do that? Yeah, they, 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 they've been doing this. Baseball's been doing this for years. Really? Because they're so arrogant, and they're the oldest sport, the oldest organized sport in the country. So they have to stay. They, they want to stay relevant, and they stretch out these awards for God knows who long. I forgot. I mean, the World Series was what? That was, man, that was like a month ago. <laughs> and they're just now getting around to the site. That's ridiculous. 
Well, they knew they that Shane. They just knew Shane uh, Bieber was going to win before the World Series started. Look, they just put out the uh, the list for who who was the manager, like the finalist, and all that stuff like a week or two ago. So right. you know, like when they when they made those announcements, like yo, you know, so and so is a finalist for uh, the MVP or for the Cy Young and everything like that. I was like, I thought it was weird. I mean, I posted it anyway, but I thought I'm like, damn, why is why is this taking so long? But now I was like, oh, I kind of excused it because of COVID. No, this is what they do. I'm I'm really in, like I, I don't know why I felt things happen slightly differently. Man, that's crazy that they that they wait so long to to make that announcement for something like something as big as that. Like that's baseball crazy. needs a marketing overhaul, and they, and they've tried. They they had have, you they even brought the Migos in to do some commercials and stuff like that, but you, it wasn't. They listen, didn't do that right. It's the same as as what we were just talking about in terms of organizations. When you allow the top of your organizations to be, you know, one way, everything after that is only going is only going to be able to be a certain kind of way. So if the top is this old stoic, everything needs to be you know covered in uh, the whitest of white sheets, and you know everybody right. needs to have on these gloves, and you know it's all tradition, 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 tradition and you don't allow it to become something else? Because when have we had a, uh, when have we had a, a, a general manager, uh, I mean, not a general manager, uh, uh, you know, a, a president of baseball, not be a 75 year old white man. Exactly. They need they so definitely need you're the commissioner of, of youth and energy. Well, yeah. They need a marketing and, and that's it. When you're the commissioner, hell, let's go back to Bud Seeley. When you're the commissioner and the owner, right? You that's a conflict of interest, homeboy. Who did but, he own the Brewers? Huh? He oh no, Walker. he owned uh, the Brewers. Yeah. And so you can't do both but his ideology the reason that he ended up doing i know it was on a uh, it was on a uh, temporary basis when he first did it but you mean to tell me you don't think this dude picking up the phone telling him what to do as he's the commissioner exactly you know he is and you know they're they're still doing it so these old white traditionalists guys that become I mean hell this is literally like baseball is literally like uh being a, the president of the United States uh in the beginning during the Civil War and Revolutionary War. It's just an old rich white dude who's just making these old rich white dude decisions. They're not thinking about how to make this game um you know transfer like now, you did have an old white rich guy that was running the NBA uh, before Adam Silver. What's his name? Uh, uh, I can see it, uh, David Stern. But he was <clears> old <throat> when but, he first got the job. But David Stern was also smart when he brought in guys that knew how to market. 
That's what I mean. NBA. But you know what? He was now. We remember him in terms. Most people will remember him as the old, uh, you know, gray-haired guy. When David Stern took that job, he was in his forties. That's not an old old yeah, dude. Right. These guys are getting the job in their sixties. And you know, you're going to make an old guy decision in your sixties and seventies. That's just what's going to happen. So you need to get some fresher, and if you're not gonna get fresher, I you bet need you. To get some I bet you. I bet you. When the owners have meetings, they probably still uh, uh, fruit cocktail is the first course <laughs> at their banquets. <laughs> you remember that back in the days, you had these little mangoes. The first thing they bring out, uh, yes, with that old, with that fake cherry in the middle. Yep, they, and they get it out the little, at the little cup. Right. The little spoon. <laughs> Listen, oh, at some point, you have to at least kind of break that tradition to do something different. It's like, you know, when you go, listen, the Masters, which is going on this week, that has a, a hell that. of a lot of tradition. The Masters has a hell of a lot of tradition. One of the reasons that the Masters started losing viewership is because they wasn't doing nothing new. They only Tiger Woods saved that damn place in terms of viewership. Right. Tiger Woods saved golf, through. period. He saved yep. golf, period. Because again, it became an old, rich, white dude game. It wasn't a fun game for a bunch of new people. But if there was no Tiger, there wouldn't be a Justin Day today. Tiger influenced all these younger guys to come into the game and make the game as exciting or close to as exciting. I don't think you could ever reproduce what Tiger was doing for the, for the game. But, but he allowed these young guys to think to themselves, I need to get myself in shape. I need to be more athletic and I can still be a really good uh, golf golfer because back in the day, Jack Nicholas wasn't athletic. He's the greatest golfer ever, but he wasn't athletic. Arnold Palmer wasn't athletic. They were just guys that could play golf. Tiger changed the whole dynamic of what golf was. So he went to that old traditional spot. Same thing with uh, Venus and Serena. They went to this old traditional place and removed all that old traditional thinking to make it a more exciting thing. And they did it without disrespecting that they did it without disrespecting the tradition that mm -hmm. was. And we're still waiting for baseball. We had this discussion the whole damn time we've had this show. Why in the hell ain't Mookie Betts on every baseball commercial that y'all have? Right. Why is it hell? Why isn't Mike Trout on every freaking commercial that you have? Another overrated ball player. But that's another Mike story Trump, for a different day. Trump, the dude got three, four world, I mean, not world championships, but he got three, four MVPs. I can't never argue with a dude with three, four MVPs. I can not hear Mike Trout this or Mike Trout that, but. But listen, if he's I'm, that I'm, guy, he, here's what I'm saying. You looking at it like he's overrated. Maybe he is. Here's what I'm saying. If this guy's your three to four time MVP. You're right. I get what you're saying. Yeah. Put that right. dude on the front of everything you got. 
because there's kids at home who want to be Mike Trout. I just saw the best video I ever seen in my life the other day. Uh, Freddie Freeman was taking his kids out trick-or-treating, and there was a kid walking across the street who was dressed up as Freddie Freeman. If I'm Major League Baseball, I'm calling Freddie Freeman and saying, we need you to do a commercial. You have to learn how to market your people and how to put your people out there. This game is a boring game. And you know what else I didn't know? You got to make it exciting. You know what? I didn't know that um, that uh, sports leagues would um, lobby to get their guys like on late night talk shows too. So like when you see um, a Kevin Durant or uh, Tom Brady on Conan and one of those late night talk shows, oh, that's because the NBA and the NFL. The league did it, not the team. And it gets them more, you know, the player exposure. Know, as far as personality wise, as well as, but that makes league. sense. I've never seen any baseball. The only baseball players I think recently you may have seen on some of that was probably like Big Poppy, um, yeah, Jeter, you know, Roger Clement, those guys. But that era is kind of gone now. But you know, you got a whole new crop yeah, because of those guys are on young, TV, those guys are players who America doesn't know, yeah. Like right now, you have guys that could be, like I say, Bryce Harper is probably the only person that I can think of off the top of my head, baseball player. It's kind of a household That's, name, yeah. And the crazier part is, I guarantee you, when those commercials come on, people don't know who the hell he is. No. It's a lot of people who don't know who the hell he is. So he needs to, to me, they need to do better at even advertising the people that are even marketable. Yeah, I mean, Bryce Harper is a good-looking kid. Uh, he's a young kid. He's a talented kid. So yeah, that's a great guy. But you also have, you got twelve of those right now. They all twelve should be doing some stuff. The NBA was doing that. You had Isaiah, Magic, Bird, Dr. J, all in a commercial, in the same commercial, in the same commercial. You need to do the same yeah. thing. Uh, Major League Baseball. I don't know that we can harp on it. Matter of fact, you know what? I'm going to stop giving you uh, assholes tips on how to run your league because y'all going to make a lot of money off of it and I ain't going to get nothing. So y'all just keep doing whatever y'all are doing until y'all ready uh, for me to come right. and do some consulting work. For Exactly. <laughs> exactly. All right, man. So, you know, so I will give a congratulations to Shane Bieber. He's got to give congratulations. Just, I understand. I, he stunk in the postseason, but I'll give him some. It's not just about, about just about him. It's just the history of the Indians. Every time we get all these accolades and awards, these dudes never step well, up in the playoffs. Think about so, this. Think about this. You want you want to hear something even crazier that goes right along with what you just said? Trevor Bauer won uh, the Cy Young in the National League. So there you go again. Did he? Yep. So there you go again. Wow. So you got an, another group of guys that were on the same team that keep winning. Cy Young got the Cy Young got the Cy Young. It's like Cliff Lee. Uh, it's like uh, 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 what's his fat name? Uh, <laughs> CT. <laughs> uh, it's like all of those guys, man. They win. They don't win nothing for us, but they win. Uh, the clue bot, they win, but they right. don't win nothing for us. 
that's a testament to the Indians farm system. It does. You know, it turn is. Out like nobody's business. Now we need to focus on getting some hitters, man. We need we need some we need some sticks. I would like serious. to go back to the '90s where we had guys in that farm system that were monsters, where yeah. you could just bring up Manny Ramirez and just bring up Jim Tomey and just bring up, you know, uh, Kenny Lofton. Like all them cats was in your system already. Damn. Yeah. Some of those went through trades, but when they got I mean, here, they, they went through trades, the but they got system. here and was down in the yeah. farm system. Right. You know, those were those were guys that paid attention to the prospects, put them in our system. Uh, yeah, that talent was already there probably, but they did a really good job of developing whatever talent they needed to to get them on a major league level, and that worked out for us uh, damn near a decade uh, in, the, in during the nineties. So yeah, we just wanted to shout out uh, uh, Shane Bieber real quick. Uh, Shane, I need you to get better in the postseason, though, homie. I like to see when uh, the postseason MVP, as opposed to uh, the regular season stuff. That's just being real. That's that's my take. How about that? I just said yes, it sir. a lot nicer than Sean did. That Sean is such an asshole. Whatever. <laughs> All right. <laughs> NFL picks. <laughs> we picked five games. I think right now I'm at twelve and twelve on the season. I, was, I think uh, you're what? 13 you're 13 and 11. and 11. 13 yeah, 13 and 11. 11. All right. So we had the Packers and the Niners. I picked Green Bay. Uh, Green Bay dismantled San Francisco. I'm trying to. Now I know I wrote all this down. Oh, here they are. Yeah, you picked the Packers. I picked the Packers as well. Uh, I, I, yeah, I saw that being the way. Um, All right, but the next game was Houston and Jacksonville. I went with the Texans. What did so you did pick? I. I picked, I picked right. the Houston as well. Uh, Houston Dolphins in Arizona. I went with Arizona, and then Tua showed his behind. Yeah, I and, went with Arizona too. Dolphins won that game. The Pats and the Jets. This one I was worried about for a while, man, because it looked like the Jets were going to yeah. win that game in a typical <laughs> Jets fashion. They found a way to lose that game. A typical come from ahead debacle. Yeah, they by the uh, <laughs> by the New York Jets. That's the win out of the jaws of defeat. Uh, right. No, snatch defeat from the jaws. I mean, of victory. snatch defeat rather out of the jaws of victory, man. Right. Um, so the but Pats I, picked, got, I did I, pick the Pats. Pats got that one. I and then the, the Saints. Saints in Tampa. Nobody saw this coming. Uh, Saints jumped all over Tampa Bay early. Well, I didn't see the jump, jump on. I picked the right. They beat the hell out of Tampa Bay. I mean, it was like twenty-one nothing, like in the first quarter, wasn't it? And they were just yeah, they were, just, they were after that. They were just and moving I the ball Tampa. up and down the field. Yeah, you right. picked so the, I, you I went up. three and two. So that takes me to uh, fifteen fourteen on the season. And I went four and one, which gives me a two game lead at 17 and 13. All right. Sounds good, sounds good. So, let us 
move into this particular week to make our NFL Week 10 football picks. So I think I'm going to go with the 6-2 and two Seahawks who are visiting uh, the Los Angeles Rams and those treacherous right, and outfits that they wear every Sunday. <laughs> and you want to write these down for me, man, because I, I don't have an ink pen in sight. I got you. So, all right, so we're going with Seattle and the Rams first. Where Where's the game at? It's in uh, L.A. Ooh-wee. That's a tough one, man, because Seattle has the worst defense. Their defense is worse than ours. So and they keep I, – I, I can't understand how they keep figuring out ways to win, though, because you're right. Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson. Yeah. yeah. Two words. Um, so I'm going to go – they had a tough loss against Buffalo. I'm going to go Seahawks. All right. I was thinking uh, Seahawks myself. I think uh, – I'm going to tell you something, man. The Rams, I'm not, like, super enamored with them right this second. Like, I, I know that they're supposed to be this really, 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 really high-powered, really, 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 really good team. And they're just kind of a regular team. Like, especially when they play yeah. against teams that are as good as them or or better. They don't – they haven't, not to my uh, recollection, haven't played a game that I felt like, okay. When, I, when I've seen them play really, really good, it was against a team that they should have beat the hell out of anyway. Right. So, um, I'm 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 gonna go with the with the Seahawks, uh, as well in that game. So our next seems like we always have this team on the on the, on the docket. Um, we're gonna go with the Bills, the seven and two Bills, who are taking a trip out to uh, Scottsdale to. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals for us, five and three. Um, Arizona. Hmm. I'm going Arizona that game. I still don't trust Buffalo. Buffalo does this every year. They start off hot. At some point, they normally come back down to earth, sneak into the playoffs, and get their ass beat. <laughs> now, Eventually, that may change. Um, but I think it's time for them to start coming back down to earth. And Arizona is not an easy place to go win right now with the way that the Cardinals are playing. They're playing pretty good football. You know, they lost to the Dolphins last week. So I'm going to go Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals in this one. Actually agree with your assessment of the Bills. I think most times these guys are not bad, but they're just kind of okay. They've played really good in the games that I've seen. Pieces. Yes, they have. Games that I've offensively, seen. offensively, they've played really well this year. Offensively, you can see them turning a 
which were wondering if they would turn. You know what right. I mean? So, I, and I think they've they've done that. I think they've made that happen. So, um, I'm gonna actually go with the Bills in this game. Okay. Next game. This one is a Thursday nighter. We got the Colts at five and three going into uh, Nashville to play uh, the Nashville Tennessee Titans. Um, Tennessee. Philip Rivers has been right awful the past couple of weeks. The only thing keeping them in the games has been their defense. And the Titans have lost. No, they won last week, didn't they? I think Tennessee won last week. Um, yeah, so I'm going. I'm going Tennessee. I don't really think Indianapolis is for real. You know, people were praising them early because their defense was playing, but uh, Philip Rivers' age is showing, and um, yeah, I think Tennessee is hungry. The pivotal game is a divisional game for them, too. So, yeah, I'm going with Ryan Tannehill and the formidable Tennessee Titans in this one. Uh, I can't even believe that I'm picking Ryan Tannehill's team to win any damn thing. But I think um, I'm leaning more towards feel just not playing that well he he's making the charges look smart as shit i'll tell you that right now for not re-signing him and not just keeping him around for the sake of uh yeah. you know him being uh, the guy who has been the guy for forever um he is definitely looking his age he's definitely looking i mean he's always turned the ball over a lot so i don't know if you look at it say, oh he's turning the ball over more I don't know that he's turning the ball over more, but I think you see certain holes that you didn't see. I think you see certain passes that he used to be able to make that he doesn't make the exact right. same way. Um, he's looking tired towards the end of games, uh, so I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the with the Titans as well in that game. All right. Uh, our let. Uh, Eventually, I'll get that together. Uh, the next game is a Monday nighter. It's uh, the Vikings at three and five uh, divisional game versus the Bears at Soldier Field. Uh, the Bears are five and four. Um, I'm going Bears reluctantly. Now, Dalvin Cook has been playing out of his mind the last two games. Um, I think he's had what almost two. I know he had 200 yards last week. I yeah. think he might have had close yeah. to 200 yards yeah. the week beforehand too. He's been going crazy. Now, the one thing that the Bears do well is play defense. Um, as pathetic as Nick Foles has been these past couple of weeks, their defense has been keeping them in games. Minnesota normally does not play well on the road. This in their history, they don't play well on the road. Um, and I think if you key on Dalvin Cook and you force, you know, Kirk Cousins to win the game for them, um, that's normally a recipe for success for the other team. 
So as long, you know, barring, you know, Nick Foles turning the ball over and being completely inept, um, I think that the Bears will take this one. Um, yeah, Dalvin Cook, I mean, this dude had four touchdowns, same like in the first 20 minutes of that game the other day. Exactly. <laughs> right. Uh, every time I looked at the TV, he was scoring. Like I know that that's usually that's that's usually some level of an anomaly that doesn't happen every single uh, solitary week. But you know when it does happen, you gotta at least acknowledge it. Uh, and Dalvin Cook is one of those guys. He's a he's a guy that can play. He, it's not a bad player. I think he's in a in a solid offense, but he's their only guy, uh, and not their only guy, but he's their he's their main guy. The Bears do have a really good defense. The Bears are gonna key in on him. Um, The Bears are going to make sure that he doesn't – I don't think he's going to do what he did last week, I'll tell you that. He may have a decent game, but he ain't going to uh, do yeah, what he, he did last he week. Free like that. Uh, the Bears haven't really given up – I don't think they've given up 100 yards to a guy yet this year on the ground. Um, it's a night game in Chicago. Could be a little windy. Could be a little weathery, and it might actually be a nice night. But you know that wind still—that's that's another wind tunnel. Uh, social field is. Um, right. I'm gonna. I guess I. You know what? I'm gonna go Bears, man. Go I, Bears. I was on the fence about All this right. one, but I think I'm gonna go Bears because uh, I, I I just don't see. I, I'm not. Just I'm just not that sold on I, Kirk Cousins. There's something about Kirk Cousins. And, and now I know I'm talking about Nick Foles too, <laughs> but Kirk Cousins, right. uh, with that defense too, with the Bears defense too, I think outside in a night game, Soldier Field, I'm gonna I'm gonna go out Bears. Right. All right. And of so course, brings us to the Cleveland Browns versus the Houston Texans. Once again, the Browns are a three-point favorite. I'm gonna go home team. Um. I'm gonna go home team and I'm looking at a score of around, even though we can't stop anybody, I think we're gonna call a couple of turnovers. I'm looking at something like a 23-17, 24-17 type of ball game, which means now that I've said that, I mean the game will be damn near in the 30s. <laughs> but I'm going, I'm going Browns 24, the Houston Texas 17. All right. Uh, I don't know what the line is going to open up as on Sunday, but I'm I'm basically going to guess it. You know, the Browns aren't going to cover the spread because I think I have us 28-24. Uh, okay. Um, again, the Texans defense is, is decent, but I'm expecting to see us play a lot more energized. If, if Nick Chubb plays and hits those holes and breaks off a 15, 20 something, it's something about a Nick Chubb run that energizes, yeah, energizes the whole team. The whole team. Yep. It changes, you know, how they're moving and what they're thinking about doing and where they're thinking about going next. You know what I mean? 
And uh, so, so I'm expecting to see some of those things. Hopefully, Nick doesn't have a setback over the next two days, and uh, he'll play. Yeah, positive uh, energy, man. No, no more. I mean, we've been. Uh, well, you know what? The Browns haven't been hit as hard as a lot of teams, injury wise. But we don't need any more. So I'm hoping for Nick Chubb. I'm actually hoping for uh, uh, Wyatt Teller to be back on Sunday. I think he's supposed to be back too. I think he's you ready know. to go. I think he well, was, that, uh, that should be confirmed on Friday. Friday practice is always yeah, Friday. Friday. Yeah. But he practiced Friday. today. He was limited. But he was limited in practice two weeks ago. So okay, uh, uh, Teller was. Hell, the whole offensive line was limited in practice uh, today. <laughs> all, right. all of them, some bitches was hurt. <laughs> but you know, <laughs> they offensive linemen they get dinged up a lot. It's a lot of contact. Especially this time of year, everybody's playing with some yeah, type of. Yeah, you halfway through the season now. Them, them, them things that don't go away till uh, the end of the right. season. It's over with. Right. I remember so, earlier how I was talking about how um, they don't show any afternoon games, but don't show that many. And this Sunday they have one, two, three, four, five. They got six four o'clock games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they like, hey, look, you ain't even know it. They was like, shut up, Sean. Right. <laughs> Here you go. And one o'clock games, you only have four one o'clock games this week. Really? So, yeah, only four. No wonder, you know, and that makes, no wonder whenever I'm out of town, I'm having a hard time trying to find Browns games. Because if you're only showing four or five games, they end up showing whatever is regional in that area. Yeah, so, but that's what they do. Yeah, yeah they show so, you the regional or you may catch the, uh, the national game, you know, depending. Yeah, if it's a real big game, whatever that game might be. And that would piss me off too. Like sometimes I'd be out of town and the national game is like one eight no team versus one seven and one team. And that ain't the game they showing in this particular reason. I used to be like, right. Are you or the, Browns, or the Browns don't play till four. So I got to watch that other game and that ain't the game that they showing. Oh my God. Right. And sometimes they don't even do reason. It makes no rhyme or reason. Like it's time that they'll just randomly throw on like Buffalo and Miami. Yeah. When when it's when it's uh, like Seattle yeah. and and the Rams playing or something like that, you want to see that game? You got or we need with... or, or or the pit or the Steelers are playing, and I need to watch this game because the Browns playoff chances are hinged on this Steeler game. Right. And y'all show me the Jags and the Texas. <laughs> 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 I think they so, do that on purpose uh, yeah. to make people buy the Sunday ticket. You like, you know what? That's we it. just gonna we, we just gonna mess Bingo. with y'all. This Bingo. week and throw the most awful game we possibly can. Bingo! That's exactly TV. what the hell they be doing, trying to make you uh, invest more money. Like, man, if you're a season ticket holder and you have the uh, the damn TV ticket too, bro, you made out of money. You right. gotta be. You gotta be exactly. I mean, and not that the season tickets are that, they're not super expensive, but it, well, I guess it would depend on where you are because I hear that the Patriots tickets are stupid. Oh, yeah. Like the Browns are the cheapest tickets in the league. Yeah. Right as now. they should. still do. As they as should. They should. As they should. I think. Right, man, do you have anything else you want to touch on today? Well, I don't have anything mm-hmm. else sports related to talk on, but I, I feel like. Um, we are 
gaining some ground in our in our new industry and in this media industry. Um, I also feel like we are becoming slowly but surely we're becoming uh, a part of. I won't say we're we're becoming the. We are becoming a part of the voice of the two one six area Cleveland. Um, so I would like to say thank you to you for joining me every week to do this show. I know that you could be doing anything. You could be doing whatever the hell you want, but for whatever reason you decide you're gonna sit down. No, this is fun, man. I enjoy doing this. We're doing something that we love to do anyway. Yeah. So why, why not share it with with others? You know. So. So yeah, man. I'm I'm like super proud of where we've come, and I'm just saying that on the air air. Uh, because I want people to know that this is, it means a lot to me. Yep. This is what we normally do, but we're, we're not the type of people to voice our opinions like this openly. We could just as easily just have a phone call between two of us, right? but we're doing it. And it means a lot that you guys are listening that you guys are following. And I'm actually taking like a real good taking, uh, to trying to be the voice of Cleveland. So saying all of that, I think what I'm going to do is start locally supporting some of the local stuff that we have around here um, as we go forward. I think that'd be something good to help yeah, the local, yeah. help the local economy. Excellent um, idea. Uh, to give our local economy a boost, especially uh, since it sounds like we're going back on punishment sometime soon if you listen to the governor today. <laughs> so we probably right. need any any and all boosts that we can give uh, to our local areas, our local businesses to try to keep, you know, uh, some level of functionality in what we do. And it just continues to show how much we care, appreciate, and want to support our uh, city. So what do you think about that? I think that's an excellent idea. You can get some shout outs to, um, you know, maybe like some local eateries. Yep. Um, just small businesses that we know. Small businesses, small period. Businesses out stuff here like working that. hard. Yeah, you know, so we, and can, we do that. We do have some commercials on our show. Um, if you listen to the audio um, stream and those are a couple of small businesses, but we know people with other businesses uh, as well. So, we would like to try to get you guys some some uh, some exposure if we can. It may only go out to about ten people, right. <laughs> but that's, that's that's potentially right. ten more people than you did that you didn't have. Exactly. So, you know, we just want to continue to 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 expand what we do, and we also want to try to expand what other folks do, and to show you guys that we are truly, truly, truly one thousand percent about Cleveland and about our community. So uh, that's I, it. I like that, man. I like that idea. All right. Anything to help out. You know, a lot of people out here working hard, especially with everything that went, uh, that was going on during the lockdown. A lot of people trying to be uh, more so um, entrepreneurial nowadays, right. have multiple streams of right. income. And take it from me, I'm a small business owner myself, and it's one of the hardest endeavors to uh, to take on. You know, not just the the physical part but the mental part having the confidence yeah. in yourself to put yeah. yourself out there so anyone that's actually out there trying 
um, you know, to do that, I actually try to, you know, lately I've been going out my way to try to support people in any form of fashion. And I know I definitely need to do more, but I try to give people shout outs on, you know, Instagram and using our platform. I mean, I'm glad that you brought that up, man, because I didn't even think about that. That's definitely something. Um, yeah. And it'd be re re really, really, really good for the community. So, yeah, I just think it's something that, I mean, you know, you have your business. My wife has a business. I run a couple of businesses. I know a ton of people that also do business. So, and then there's, the, there's those businesses that we don't know anything about, but they are local and they're within our community. So we need to try to support them to try to, you know, uphold everything that we're doing right now. And I think that'll be good for them. And it, of course it could have a residual effect on us, but bigger than that, I just want to make sure that Cleveland understands that when I say two guys in the mic 216 and y'all see Sean on here with his Browns hat every week and you see me with the Browns logo and Cavs shirt on and the Indians hat, it ain't fake. It ain't fake at all. It, it's, it's real. It's from the heart. I'm a Clevelander everywhere I've ever been, everywhere I've ever lived. This is how I, this, I'll show up like this. And I don't care what nobody getting ready to say. Same here. So, and being in Cleveland, we got to support what's happening here. You know, regardless of politics, regardless of, you know, uh, race, all that stuff. Hey, we can all help each other. And that's where you start to, to heal. And that's where you start to build that sense of community, regardless. That's real diversity. And that's real community building where you, it doesn't matter. You just want to see your next man do well. So that's exactly. where I'm at. Well said, bro. Well said. That's where I'm at. And that's that's what I want to want to try to implement into the show at some point. Um, other than that, man, again, happy Veterans Day to all my veterans out there. Um, it's great being back in the saddle. I'm looking forward to uh, football Sunday. Hopefully the Browns can pull yep. this win out. Yeah, um, so we will definitely be back on Sunday, um, Sunday evening. Hopefully, like uh, RP said, after a Browns victory. And uh, so I think if we get this one, I move to six and three. Um, I think that'd be the catalyst for us to make a playoff push. And then nice. with all this COVID stuff going on, um, we need to rack up as many victories as we can. The NFL yeah. did implement that new playoff structure. I saw that. So, I saw that. So we need to get our asses in gear to make sure exactly. we're in one of them eight spots, you know, to separate ourselves from, from those other guys so that we can, right. get, we can get one of them spots. Um, so yeah, right. that's it for us here on uh, Two Guys in the Mic. Um, I just want to shout out a couple pages for you guys to come check out, come check out our Instagram page, uh, like it, like our Facebook page, support it. Uh, Two Guys in the Mic, 216 for both of those pages. Come click on the link tree. Um, our link tree will get you all of our audio as well as our YouTube page, which is Two Guys in a Mic 216. And the audio that is streaming on Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, on Google Podcasts, uh, and on Anchor uh, Podcasts as well. So go check us out. Come check us out. Come like us. Come support us. Uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel. All that, all that. I guarantee you'll like it. You may not like it at first, but if you keep coming back, you're going to like something that we're doing and it's going to keep you coming back. So 
Thank you guys. I appreciate you, Sean. Good night, man. I'll see you on Sunday. All right, good night. Love you, bro. Be careful, you on man. Sunday. Love you too, dog. Peace. You've just listened to Two Guys in a Mic with Ron Pierce and Sean Davis. Tune in to us on Sunday after the NFL games for our next podcast. Until then, peace.